from the creators of Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. Friday, February 6, 2015, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace provides creative tools that help anyone give a voice to their ideas, from the designers and engineers who are creating the next generation of web and mobile experiences, to anyone putting together a website for the first time. Squarespace provides elegant solutions that set new standards for online publishing. D- did you guys see uh, the Squarespace partner with the dude, uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, for their Super Bowl ad? Yeah. Did I it see was, it? It was a, a fantastic addition to the Super Bowl ad lineup. Yeah. You know, you know, but the th- you know, Squarespace, they're advertising on the Super Bowl and, and our podcast. So, I mean, clearly... They've blanketed the country. <laughs> they, they, they used all of their budget between those two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had 43 0.2 million dollars and we got it yeah <laughs> did you see that have you listened podcasts. to the album I went yeah to- yeah jeff has a new sleeping tapes album that he made with squarespace and 100 percent of the sales go to no hungry kid i i don't know how to talk about it <laughs> because it's like part of it's awesome or well it's like crazy but then you kind of listen to it for a couple moments and you're like yeah i'm kind of being lulled yeah, I get you know, it. I thought about I thought about if people weren't married to the Nickelback thing, doing <laughs> a week of Jeff Bridges' sleeping album. Oh, so, if, if you <laughs> haven't heard it, I guess it, we need to get to that later. Yeah. We need to get to that later. If you haven't heard it, you can hear uh, Jeff's album at DreamingWithJeff.com. And, and Squarespace, uh, they recently launched their latest version of their platform called Squarespace Seven, which has a completely redesigned interface, integrations with Getty Images and Google Apps. There's new templates and an incredible feature called Cover Pages. You can start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase and to show support for the Roman Podcast. It's only like 8 bucks a month. I mean, it's great. It's an amazing service. Super powerful. Yeah. Really wonderful. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, here we go. Start here. Go anywhere. Wow. That's oh. a new one. I like it. Oh, I, like I see. Because like, it used to be like the web search with you or something. But not Start anymore. here, go anywhere. Go I love anywhere. it. Where do you want to go? I think we're stealing it. Relevant. Start here. Go, go everywhere. We have a, a great show in store for you today. Uh, coming up later, we talk to uh, author uh, and much more, Jenny Allen uh, oh. from the If Gathering. Uh, this week in Austin, they actually have their their uh, conference. and cool. So she's on the show this week. And, and after that, uh, we talk to an artist that's actually in the new issue of Relevant, Benjamin Booker. Uh, Tyler interviews oh, awesome. him. Awesome. That's great. Later. Yeah, it's a good show. That is fantastic. Uh, well, like I said, I'm Cameron. Here with me in our brand new Orlando studio, Eddie Big Cat Coffolt. Cam, it's good to see you, man. Good to see you, yeah, too. Uh, over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, not just ones and twos now, ones, twos, and threes and fours with the video stuff, Chad Michael Snavely. The, the videos are officially called the threes and fours The threes now. and fours, the ones and twos and threes and fours. <laughs> yep. The one through fours. <laughs> <laughs> the Skype line from Lovely Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. 
Hey guys. Well, you know, it's good that uh, Jenny is on the show this week because Sean is not here, right? And uh, and and Joy's obviously still on sabbatical. We missed. That. So we need to have the equilibrium brought in. Yo yo, and we know that. Right. Before people yeah. tweet us, we know we're aware that what's about to happen over the next hour is just not. It's not what we want. Except for, for everyone. <laughs> except for the Jenny Allen segment, no, which is great. for everyone. Right. So just get to it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to have a live and in-person Jenny Allen segment this weekend because uh, this weekend is the their women's conference, the IF Gathering. Oh. And I'm going. That would make sense. Oh. <laughs> So, so, real quick, it's a women's gathering. Yes. Thousands that, of women. Thousands of women that are going to be in attendance and speaking. And and yet you have decided to attend. So, thousands of women in Cameron Strang? Is this like a Mrs. Doubtfire situation where you're going to show up in a dress and like pretend to be a British maid or something? I am. I'm. I, I, no, the Jenny emailed me like a week ago and was like, hey, if it's coming up and, and a little behind the scenes here, nothing official, but we're maybe... In conversation about some cool ideas we could do together, uh, relevant and if, and uh, she's like, you should come see what we do, see it and experience it. And I was like, but it's a women's conference, and she's like, there's a little area on the side that you know a couple men can join us. So I was like, I'm down, let's do it. She 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 said, yeah, you can you have two options. One is to go and sit in the little area designated area on the side for the few men who attend, right. Or you can go in disguise, dressed as an old English maid. Right, right. <laughs> I'm opting for I'll be corralled in the pen. Um, but <laughs> Mrs. Featherstrain huge, huge mistake. showing up to deliver a talk on on Mrs. why we need more women on podcasts. Hello, yeah. <laughs> hello, women. <laughs> hey, maybe that's what I'll do. Is I'll go scout more personalities to to join the show. Because uh, yeah. actually, Shauna will be there. She's speaking. I think that makes and, sense. She's and a lady. Joy is going to be there as well. She's a lady sense. as well. Well, I thought she's on sabbatical, but not like this from is, everything. This is the one thing she agreed to continue to do during her sabbatical. Is, um, she had committed to do something at IF a long time ago, and she didn't want to back out. So. Got it. Me, Tyler, and Jesse will also be there. Uh, just broing down, too. Cause Let's do it. Ladies night. What up? <laughs> Let's get some Cosmos. <laughs> if conference. <laughs> Which uh, one of you would be Samantha? Oh, it's clearly me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's no question. Yeah, we've we've had this conversation. Which Sex in the City character are we? This is old podcast, but but I'm excited to go because it'll it'll just be a continuation of my month of new experiences. Because last yeah. week I was not on the show here because I that day you guys recorded I was in Morocco. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a it was a crazy week. I, I I I on Friday I flew from Orlando out to Sacramento to there was a Jesus Culture worship conference that oh, night. Oh yeah, cool. And so I did something with that on Friday night and then at uh, four AM the next morning was got it, on a plane to yeah. go to Morocco. Now was the now was the Sacramento deal was that women's only as well? Like no. are you kind of making the lady circuit? <laughs> yeah what 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 gender was that camera? Yeah. <laughs> gender inclusive. It was wow. amazing. It was a uh, gender neutral. I mean if you've heard Jesus Culture's worship, I mean it's just like incredible. And then to be part of it with, you know, three or five thousand people and mm-hmm. then um, a guy I never heard of, I can't believe this, a guy named uh, John Gray spoke. Mm-hmm. He's this, you know, larger than life. And I mean, literally, he's probably like 6'5", 350. Yeah. Um, uh, African-American uh, teacher who's on staff at Lakewood, huh. Joel Osteen's oh. church. Oh, and wow. he's speaking at Does Jesus ever... Culture. The next week, he was at Hillsong, New York. And he's he's like everywhere. Do you think wow. he's ever played the board game? Hmm. 
your best. I think it's part of the initiation process when you join the staff. <laughs> you have to you have beat to... Golosin in the board game, dude. He in was, order to, to get a job. There. He was hilarious. <laughs> His teaching was amazing. He was like, it was so good. And I'm like, you work for Lakewood? I couldn't believe. It. Anyway, but like, it was really great. <laughs> so uh, you hang out on that limb on your own. Yeah. You, so you were, you were surprised. I was, I was surprised. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little more conservative than yeah. his. <laughs> he writes. I told him I was like, we gotta do stuff with him. He's, All right. Yeah, he's a uh, he's great. Anyway, and then I went to Morocco, which. Uh, out in Morocco, uh, I was invited by Mark Burnett and Roma Downey to come out there and see this new TV series they're shooting for NBC called mm-hmm. AD. Yeah, I saw the ad during the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, another Super Bowl, Super Bowl ad. Yeah. yeah, and I'm telling you, I, okay, so I, I told Roma this, so I'm not speaking out of turn. I was skeptical, you know, like the Bible miniseries, Basic Cable was ambitious that the story is true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was ambitious and maybe you know in moments it was like okay you know but I mean in all in all it was like wow this is a valiant effort it was right. it was well done right. but but broad- a swing for the fence yeah <laughs> right but being very diplomatic but broadcast, about it. <laughs> broadcast broadcast I was like oh my goodness and I had heard that they built like a first century Jerusalem in the Moroccan desert in just a few weeks and so I'm thinking it's gonna be a lot of faux paint, and it's just gonna be. It's like going to be like going to Bush Gardens, Tampa. It's gonna be like going to like Epcot, maybe. Everything's yeah. like kind of small, and like it's just. Yeah. I just I didn't know what to expect, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, I was blown away. Yeah. I was really? blo- I was blown away. Not only the sets themselves. It's the largest set in Morocco. Now they they have the Kingdom of Heaven set there. They shot a lot of American Sniper in Morocco. They shot the new Mission Impossible. This is the largest set in Morocco. It's huge. It's a uh, um, to scale. First century uh, Jerusalem Temple, huh. uh, Pilate's Palace, and uh, streets of Damascus to scale. Not it, like the Paris at Epcot with the little tiny thing, optical illusion. Right, right. It's to scale. It was unbelievable. And then the interiors, all the rooms in these buildings is where they shoot. Oh, neat. So it's not like these like facades. It's like they built these buildings, and you're just walking around. I've been to Jerusalem several times, and you're like walking around the one. Oh my! I mean, like it was like. That's neat. Jarring. How, That's cool. really cool. How great it was. Well, and and then, so I saw a bunch of the first episode she yeah. showed us, and uh, it, 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 the story picks up at the death, at the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus in one episode. Uh-huh. And the, the series is actually the time after that. Oh, neat. It was a time of, uh, it was a time when like 500 Jews a day were being crucified. And the Roman Empire, the political intrigue, the historical stuff that's going on, that's what the story is. Mm. And so, like, the Bible moments happen. It's really, like, concentrating on the Book of Acts, Mm. the birth of the early church, you know, the upper room, all that stuff. But really, it's the political drama around it and the historical drama around it that's so great. So it's, like, Mm. almost like – I told Roman this. It's almost like the crucifixion, resurrection. Okay, we've seen that. You know, Mm. not to minimize it, but it's like, okay, that wasn't jaw-dropping to me. Yeah, old news. Next. What was so great was, like – thinking about what was really going on behind the scenes, mm. you know, and like seeing that come to life. Mm. And so I was actually there for the shooting of the sixth episode and it was so impressive. Here's the other criticism. I mean, Tyler, uh, the multicultural cast aspect, the whitewashing of the mm-hmm. Bible. I'm, they took, discussed it many times. They, they yeah. heard us. I'm not kidding. They heard us and it is a mul- intentionally multicultural cast. John, the beloved is African-American. Mary Magdalene's African-American, obviously the Ethiopian eunuch and other characters. Uh, there's a lot of uh, olive-skinned cast members. It was a cast, and I'm not exaggerating, the day I was on set, one of the days I was on set, the casting call, 
347 people. Good grief. Wow. I'm telling you the wow. scale wow. of this That's production, crazy. guys. I'm going to ask you a question. Ask are me. you going to be an extra in this? No, are, I, we, are you anywhere in the background <laughs> just sipping a, a <laughs> latte or whatever? Who's that guy with the Orlando but, Magic hat? They, no, no, they're like, who is that old English maid in the background? <laughs> I don't remember her in the story. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Jesus. I, uh, I'm Mary Magdalene's mother. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, they wanted to cover all cultures, so they yes. needed one Victorian era English jolly maid. Hey, you know, you know what? You know, the, the cool thing is when I asked Roma, like, uh, in, in, the week that it comes out, which is it, it debuts on NBC on Easter Sunday, and then it's a it's a twelve week first season after that. But um, it was it was fascinating. To, things like uh, I was I was talking to the actress who plays Mary Magdalene. And, 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 and somebody we were chatting and they're like, well, so how are you playing her? You know, cause there's like only a few mentions in the Bible of her right. and you know, are you playing her like, kind of slutty, you know, and like, you know, whatever. And, and she's like, no, I, I mean, nowhere in the Bible does it say she's a prostitute. Well then, oh wow. Okay. So then what's her backstory in your mind? And she's like, she was a disciple, you know? And it's like, I mean, like what? So, so mm. I love that they're getting past the caricatures of kind of like mm-hmm. the flannel board Bible stories, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I asked Roma kind of like the, the kind of driving thing that's, you know, the vision behind this, the, what they were doing. And she's like, what's fascinating to us and what we try to tackle in this series is how did these 12 people, you know, obviously Judas killed himself, but he was replaced. So how did these 12 men take down the Roman Empire? That's really mm-hmm. ultimately what happened. Mm-hmm. Christianity overthrew the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And so like that's what's happening in the series. It was fascinating. Cool. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was like I hadn't seen kind of Bible era stuff done like this. Because mm-hmm. the Bible era stuff focuses on the Bible stories. So it airs what, Easter? It starts on Easter and then it goes on, you know, for the next few months after that. Where? Where, Where will it be? NBC. NBC. Oh wow! Sunday nights, eight o'clock primetime NBC. Cool, good yeah. for them. That's the that's biggest night. That's the biggest TV night of the week. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Really Real quick, night. what are they? What are they planning on do? So they've built these replica biblical towns. Yeah. What are they going to do when they're finished, like filming? Well, party, big party. Well, well, number one, they hope for season two. Um, <laughs> okay. But, but uh, so the thing about movie sets that are kind of erected, I mean, you can go find old Star Wars sets from the desert scenes. Neat. Yeah. Okay, they're just kind of like crumbling over the years, you know. Um, there was one. There was one of the other sets I went to. I went and rode camels one day. Mm-hmm. I'm in Morocco. It's what you do. I wanted to ask you about that actually. Yeah. But it, but I've it, always but... wondered. I've always wondered this. I don't feel like, based on what I know about my body and a camel's body, like the two would fit. Like yeah. I would not be able to sit on a hump. So I, I'm, I'm asking you now, as somebody who's done it. Yes. Who, that, who, who Tyler has sized up your body and compared it to his own <laughs> many times. Right, now, are you thinking of a one hump or a two hump camel? Because I'm thinking of the one hump. Yeah, well, just, but I, I saw the Instagram and you were on a one hump. You were on a, a didadadondrous, whatever they're called. I was the on a, I was on a single humper. That's what I call it. And uh, a single humper. but it was a notable single humper. My, we're just gonna let that my, whole joke go. No, so so the single humper that I was on. The, okay, so don't nope. say it again, or I'm gonna have to go there. So Keep going. <laughs> the, it was these animals. The animals that uh, we went to were actually at one of the other movie sets, and so these were the animals that appear in films. So the camels, oh. the horses. I saw the actual black stuff from the Black Stallion movie. He was just right there. The, the camel that I rode was in Gladiator. 
And so like oh, star. Yeah. Oh, Nic- so are they like Nicole Kidman rode rode my camel. Are Not in Gladiator, but in Celebrity movie. News. Yeah. Yeah. So my camel was just give me the dish, you know, left and right. Your camel has a sag card. Yeah. It was it was a connected camel. Oh yeah. Very connected. So anyway, to answer your question, Jesse, we're right I'll get back to yours in a minute, Tyler. Uh, because it's at the movie set, we were able to take the camels out and we were wondering, and there are sets that are erected in the desert. If you saw the movie Kingdom of Heaven uh, Heaven, there's this huge castle. It's there, sitting there, and we rode the camels all around it and stuff. Weird, so, right? I think if I was Moroccan, I would consider just moving out there and squatting and then claim squatter's right on that castle. That on the castle. Absolutely. Dude, there's catapults, and there was like, it's like a life, you know, it's yeah. like this amazing castle. And then I would, I would have the tools to defend it should the movie studios want it back. Right. Like, <laughs> hey, this belongs to me now. This, and also, I'm the mayor of Damascus. Come try to take it from me. I've, I've inherited an army of camels. Yeah. Well-connected well camels. Well come, connected. At, come at me, bro. And P.S. Nicole Kidman is here to help me out with this. We This is our place now. So the ride, the camel ride, uh, uh, Tyler, uh, let's just say... Your saddle is precariously perched on the top of the single hump. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. On top of the hump? On top of the hump. See, I would have thought. I feel like I'm crushing it. That strikes me as like a, uh, like you have a saddle and a hump and it's like wobbling back and forth like this. Well, camel saddles are curved to the hump, right? And, 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 And you are supposed to, this sounds painful to me, you were supposed to put your feet on the camel's neck to like... You know, not dangle because if your feet dangle and you're hitting their sides as you trot, what? They're that hurts them more. So you're supposed to put your two feet on the camel's neck, so the nape s- of the neck. So you're sitting on the hump, sitting on the top of the and hump. You're sitting right on top of the hump, like hump saddle you. Correct. And you're right on top of it. So you're at the highest point of the camel, highest minus point. its head. And they are mean, angry, disgusting animals. No, they're yeah, they're not. They're not nice. No, yeah, not at all. Because they're all Hollywood now, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. the one that camera rode was a real diva, <laughs> right? So then you put your feet <laughs> the, up. The one that camera. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, it, it just got out of rehab. It's been living the Hollywood life. Yeah. It's you know yeah. not a pleasant camel to be around right yeah. now. But no. it's verified. I followed on Husay. <laughs> Um, so then you put its feet up right in front of you? You put your feet up right in front Not of you? Not in front of you. No, no, no. I mean, like, you're on the top of the hunk. The nape of the neck is down low. Oh, oh, oh. So it's oh, almost oh, like oh. a natural sitting position. And well, you just feel bad that you're pushing on the camel's neck. Yeah. yeah, I think I would be ornery too if my whole job was to have people that I don't know come and sit on my back and step on my neck. While Actually, I walk the way you. The desert. The way you get up on the camel <laughs> is the most painful thing. They have the camel squat down on its hands and knees. So it's, you know, laying belly on the ground. Oh. And you're supposed to stand on its like leg and the other foot on its neck as you hoist yourself up. Pretend you are killing it. And then <laughs> and then it hurts it, I guess, because it obviously jumps up almost to like buck you. They're, they're like, okay, so you're gonna put one foot on its funny bone right, right there, right correct. at the joint. Right on the knee, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah and, th- and then go ahead and just kick it in the throat and jump on and you'll be yeah. good to go. And then you're gonna have a hook on with each of your hand, just beat it. Beat yeah. the heck out of it. <laughs> it was Use two uh, knives and climb up the hump. <laughs> like stab it. There it was. That was the joke. Good one. Yeah. And then you're, you're conscious that this animal doesn't want you on it, and you are 12 feet off the ground, or 10 to 8 feet. I mean, you are up there. And then it's got its own agenda. And here's the deal. They like to run. They like to run like horses. And well, so, that, should, that, that shouldn't be a complaint. That's actually kind of cool. It was, makes- fu- it was fun, but imagine violently shaking. Okay, back to Tyler's <laughs> anatomy yeah. situation. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a, Just remember... Tyler and Cameron, very similar body types. A lot of people don't yeah. know this. Right. Very similar bodies. People remark on it a lot. As a, <laughs> as a male, and it's very 
rough ride. Let's just say that. And yeah. uh, I don't understand. By Charles not here. By the, <laughs> you know, halfway around the castle. Oh yeah. A couple of us were like, "Hey, let's go back." And they're like, "Cool, we can run." And so we galloped back. Yeah, I had my kid. It's great. And oh my. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. And then That's we were exactly what I, this confirms everything that I thought about riding a camel. Yeah. Now I put a lot of thought. I can't. Here's the, the the Bedouins who like tra, you know tra, uh, transverse the uh, Sahara Desert. Yeah. On yeah. camel, I can't imagine. Now the double hump camel has got to be easier, right? That makes oh, yeah. pretty in demand. I think you're gonna have a front and a back, but I mean the front <laughs> is kind of the issue. You know, I think you're, then you're like a little hammock. Like you just sit in the slope between the two humps. You can kind of lean nice. back at that point. And you can put the feet up on the other hump. Well, I, you know, I have some diagrams that I've drawn because it's, I've been really curious about this. I'll show them to you guys later. But I think it'd be pretty comfortable. Was Prop uh, on that camel with you? No, he had to fly back a couple days early because he had a show in Nashville. And uh, Is everything in you just wanting to be a part of that with him? Oh, man. I, I'm going back. I'm going to Lebanon and Iraq next month. Yeah, and and uh <laughs> And and I'm like, I'm trying to get prop to go with me and yeah. because like I, why not fish out of water man. mostly because it's Iraq but other than that like yeah yeah the but you just want to go with the buddy system there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that'll be go. fun yeah he's he's I, my I he's my, my back yeah props my propaganda is my international adventure buddy now so. he's, a, he's a good traveling partner he's great he's Canada, chill not too chatty on the plane not too chatty at all we both had our headphones on we're good That's he brings he brings good coffee with he did he brought his aeropress he brings and everything. good coffee with him and, and, he was, and he's the sort of guy who I love because like the first morning we were in Orzazat, Morocco, we get up and we're like, he's like, let's go find good coffee, man. Yep. And so yeah. we're like wandering around the streets of Orzazat and we found like a local spot. It's men only. It was like very, I mean, not like they disallow women, but I mean, it's just like these old Moroccan men just sitting around. <laughs> hey, awkwardly, you guys were both dressed like old English maids. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Are these Dunkin' Donuts cake cups? Yeah. So he's got just enough of the adventure bone, but uh, you know, it's fun. That's but fun. but Chad knows. Hey, we've traveled together. Yeah. I don't. I don't like talking when we're traveling. Yeah. No. You no, just stay yourself and just have a good coffee. Headphones and on. I had it. a row to myself. Yeah, Cameron I and I spoke. I think we spoke like four or five words to each other the whole time we were in Israel Palestine. <laughs> That's the dream. That's what you want. What you you want, want a traveling partner. That you don't talk limited to human interaction. I do. Right. I know right. we all disagree on this. Jesse wants to just chat and have a real long no, talk. I, I'm sorry. I want to be a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know you do. You're better. And that converses and, and, and has things called relationships with <laughs> other people. Forgive me. Oddly, Prop listens to Burl Ives the whole time. You think you listen to better? It's not. It's just all old Burl Ives records. He made me a playlist because one of, our, one of our, uh, the things, one of our mutual loves is early. 90s R&B music mm. like like slow jams oh, quiet I, storm type oh, stuff I know, I know. so he literally made a traveling playlist for me that he shared with me that it was all like yeah. Jodeci and like oh yeah all of it it was Guy and it was mm. great so I'm flying with Prop <laughs> over overnight to Morocco listening to like early 90s slow jams that he had you know curated for me two guys getting an early morning coffee <laughs> listening to slow jams hey girl <laughs> wordless hey completely girl. wordless on the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. As cool as it was to see AD, though, I'll tell you. A highlight of the trip for me was on the way back. Uh, I had one night uh, in Paris. I'd never been to Paris before. Yeah. Have y'all been? No, I've never no. been to Paris. Never. No. I, I okay. When you travel at all, I'm the sort of person like things are usually built up better than they are. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, it's cool that I saw that in person. But like the Statue of Liberty would be a great case in point. You see the pictures your whole life, and then you see it in real life, and you're like, 
What? I don't even like America. I mean, it's like tiny. You know, like it's just like nothing lives yeah. up to the hype. Paris exceeded any expectation I could have ever had for it. I mean, right. the coolest city I've ever seen. Huh. Coolest, nicest people. It was just amazing. It was just amazing. I am absolutely going to go back if I absolute if I can ever. I will spend as much time there as I can the rest of my life. But you know what? I got I got back. Thankfully, I got back Saturday night just in time for the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know? And Sunday, I'd, I'd recovered and and watched Super Bowl. You guys obviously all watched it. I did. Yeah. And you are a Seahawks fan. I know. I got to actually. You can see that I'm wearing a shirt right now, and I'm going to have to listen. So okay, my friend Rob, yeah. who's a pastor in town. Gets me at just the right time. If I had had two hours to think about it, I'd right. be like, well, maybe. Uh, but he hits me up on like Facebook, Twitter, all at the same time. He must have been on like Hootsuite. It all just blows up. And he's like, hey, if the Patriots win, he's a big Patriots fan, uh, uh, you got to wear a Patriots jersey on the podcast. And of course, and he's like, and if, and if, you know, the Seahawks win, I will wear a Seahawks jersey on the, you know, the next time he preaches this Sunday. And I'm like, well, so, so are you just a bad sport, Eddie? I don't understand. No, no, I'm going to change into it, but I need to tell you that the thing that I didn't think about, and I'll change into it when I'm off camera because I don't want my, the viewers to stumble, but, um, the, uh, <laughs> thank you. The, thank uh, you. The, the thing that you can realize is that Rob is a medium, uh, at best. And so the jersey, he's like, no, 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 it'll be big enough. Yeah, because they're roomy for the pads. No, no, no. It's Well, maybe there's pads, but even a medium plus pads is still like painting a jersey on this bodice. <laughs> so I'm going to let you guys talk about the Super Bowl, change into my jersey, let you take a picture and embarrass me, and then I'm out of it. So go. Uh, I don't think that's what the bet was. The bet was yeah, that you would wear it for the, the recording of the podcast. Yeah. All right, we'll put it on. You're, you're already, <laughs> we're, we'll let these first 15 minutes slide, but okay. I think you're yeah, going to have right. to wear it for the rest I'm, of the I'm podcast. There's, my, there's that undershirt. There's that. Okay. Oh, here we go. There's no women on the show, and he's yeah. undressing. What is I'm going stumbling, on? Yes. Yes. I'm not stumbling. <laughs> I think yet. we got into video about three weeks too early. <laughs> we apologize if you're if, if for, for those of you listening at home. Eddie has removed his clothing. He is he's off camera. Oh, it he's, looks great. Oh, you look fantastic. It looks like a normal fitting just like Tom Brady. You look great. You look, you look great. Come back into the okay, camera. Come, come, come back. back come back, Edward. So we can see you. Right. There he come is. On. So there it is. Oh, yeah. There he is. It's uh it's Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady in the flesh. Looking good, Edward. Yeah, so for the rest so of the show, it was a heartbreaking Super Bowl as a Seahawks fan. Well, I didn't have a I didn't have a dog in the fight, but you know, like what an amazing last couple of minutes were like. Yeah. You just the 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 anguish of the Patriots fans watching the inevitable marching down the field. They're just about to score. And I've been in that moment as a fan. You're yeah. just like, oh, I mean, we've basically you're coming to grips with the loss, and then the 180 degree moment that happens right after that. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it was baffling as a football fan, and it's not like I'm like a football aficionado, but I watch a considerable amount of football. It, it still is baffling to me. Okay, yeah. can I ask you what? Like, like I've I've seen every angle of this, heard a million hours of commentary. Was it bad coaching? Was well, it he, a here, bad? Here's the one conspiracy theory I've heard of. We can cut this if people aren't interested in football. Oh no, they're really but, interested. But the, the the conspiracy theory that I've heard that actually had I think there's some credence to is that. Pete Carroll wanted Russell Wilson to make the final play, win the Super Bowl MVP, and as not Marshawn Lynch because Marshawn Lynch one is in a contract year, two he was kind of had sort of a dust up with the uh, media the in the week leading up to the Super True. Bowl. True. And, and I heard one commentator describe Russell Wilson as like Derek Jeter with a Bible, or combine Derek Jeter and Tim Tebow into one person. 
and you have Russell Wilson, you, a, a guy that is mutually liked, seen as extremely talented, but he's also very religious, and they just felt like he would be a better face of the franchise and a guy to win you the last play of the Super Bowl rather than Marshawn Lynch, who had some uh, sort of a dust-up with the media. That's what I've heard. I don't know if there's any credibility to that, but I don't see why you wouldn't punch it in with the best running back in football. You know, 15 seconds, you're, you're, you're going through all that in your mind, do you think? I, th- I think in no scenario do they imagine interception. And so worst-case scenario on the play calling is we got three plays left. We're going to try it on this one. If it's an incomplete pass, I can always – I got two plays to run it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's – Sure. I think, but, but but let's give Russell Wilson his shot to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't hate on it. It's fine. I mean, it, it, sometimes it, you win, sometimes and, you lose. And I saw like it, it was one of the ESPN commentators. It might have been uh, I can't remember. It was it was someone who played quarter the quarterback position that was commentating and said it actually was a, a really good play to go right at a rookie cornerback with with a sl- unexpected slant route. It was just. Nine out of ten times has a complete pass. You had a, 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 a like a hyped up rookie that jumped the route. A veteran wouldn't have done that. All right, this ain't this ain't Mike and Mike. Enough football talk. <laughs> really <laughs> about the Super Bowl. Will, All we care about is the commercials. Absolutely. I am still actually went had a great therapy session on Monday after that, just weeping about the state of the world and kids. What in the world? Oh, other than the Squarespace commercial. With it the was, commercials, you mean? It was like about the, the saddest sad, thing the in the world. Was very sad. Wasn't it just awful? dead children? Dead kids. <laughs> All dead kids. I just kept, I felt like I was just getting punched. Like, what happened to, like, the, the what was it, the, the football, the, there was a, uh, you know, the little beer cans playing football. <laughs> now that's funny. Yeah, I, I remember when, I remember when it was, like, the Budweiser Toads. Yeah. And that, not, not, yeah. Back right. in my day, yeah. But even yeah. then, even then, there used to be always that one commercial, that Clint Eastwood one, that was, like, sappy and sort of melodramatic and but maybe it wasn't, slightly it wasn't xenophobic. Sad. And and it always people always liked it. People always really caught into it. It caught it a lot of attention because it stood out from right. all of the the fart jokes. It, right. but, but it wasn't like, hi, I, I'm a kid that that it could live a happy life, but I'm not because in a freak accident, a flat screen TV fell on me and killed me. It's like, <laughs> what are you even advertising here? Even if I get nationwide insurance, are you to come and take away my flat screen like so that it doesn't fall on like a random kid? So, so you know, the the since the commercials were such a letdown, I mean, I think we can all agree a highlight. Was the halftime show? Absolutely. You know what? I went in as a hater. I did too. I I, uh, I was vocal about how much I didn't want Katy Perry to do the Super Bowl halftime show, and I thought she delivered. Her and well, Missy. Yeah, yeah. Really Who cares delivered. about Katy Perry? Missy Elliott. But they, but but there. But I think you guys are missing the real star of the Super Bowl halftime show. It wasn't oh. Katy Perry, Missy Elliott, or it certainly wasn't Lenny Kravitz. No, no, no. The the thing that everybody was talking about afterwards was Left Shark. Mm. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the Katy Perry dancer uh, when she was performing Teenage Dream, there was a couple of people in shark outfits dancing behind her. One of the dancer, one of the sharks, had prepared and learned the choreography in advance. The mm. other shark. Fumbled through all the moves, looked lost, confused, disinterested, left shark, stole the show. Here's what's crazy, everyone. We, because of what we do on the podcast, we tried to find left shark. We wanted to actually talk to left shark, the dancer, and have him on the show this week. I love this. Uh, we'll find out what his story yeah, is. Yeah, because like, or her how story. Do you, you're on the Super Bowl. How do you not prepare? You won't believe what we discovered. You know, okay, so it's been a few years since we talked to one of our uh, former editors here at Relevant, Tyler Clark. <laughs> wow. he, was a, he was a cast member on the podcast in some of those early years. He moved to Nashville and Indianapolis, and we kind of lost touch over the years. Uh, well, crazy, while we were looking to track down Left Shark, it turns out the dancer inside of Left Shark is actually <laughs> Tyler Clark. We've tracked him down. We're glad to welcome him on the show here today. Welcome, Tyler Clark. 
Hey, uh, glad to talk to you guys. This is, uh, this is pretty crazy. <laughs> you are almost exactly um, what I thought the shark would sound so, like. So, so here's the story. Yeah, we got to know. We got to know the story. All right. So, so as, as you mentioned, after I left Relevant, uh, and this was like nine years ago, Moved to Nashville, started working in the in the music business. So, as as I'm sure a lot of your your listeners know, she started in, in Christian music, so has a lot of those Nashville ties. Mm-hmm. So, uh, ended up kind of getting to know her a bit, uh, <laughs> her, her management company, just through names that I don't want to drop because I don't want to seem like a douchebag. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, moved back to my hometown of Indianapolis. Uh, Couple years ago, and I'm working for a uh, digital marketing agency here. That we, when the Super Bowl was here in Indianapolis, uh, we were the social media headquarters for the Super Bowl. So, Katie's people <laughs> kind of, you know, talked to me about coming out <laughs> because I've got because I, I know her, I know the music side, all of that, and also have this this you know football Super Bowl experience. Right. So they had me come out, of course, obviously not to be left shark, uh, but to help them out on, on social and marketing content stuff. Okay. So I'm there, it's like 30 minutes before the show. And the, the <laughs> guy that was su- supposed to be left shark, name's Brian. Brian realizes that his screen actors guild, uh, membership has lapsed. Like, why would you even need right. a SAG membership for that? Right. We, we, we found out that y- you do, you're right. on, right. you're on NBC. Clearly. Um, so he can, common knowledge. He can't do it. Um, he's got to back out. Right. Well, because of some commercial stuff that I did a number of years ago, like I've never been an actor. That's not my. But I actually am a SAG member just through some a l- much longer story that's not worth getting into. Why not? Uh, it involved losing some bets uh, to some Hollywood actors. So, so they need a new left shark, and like the only requirements are: can you fit the suit? And are you a SAG member? Uh-huh. And so I'm the only guy in, guy in the room that that meets both qualifications. So there I am, and I'd seen them rehearse this a couple times. I sure. knew enough. Sure. Um, so throughout the show, I've got two in ear monitors. One has the music, right, and the other has Brian shouting out all of the moves. You know, a uh, uh, left kick, right kick, step, step ball change. You know, step ball change. that's a joke. There were no step ball changes. Oh. I'm just making oh. sure y'all were on your feet. Yeah, we're on our feet. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's how, that's how it happened. Wow. Ooh. Well, you became an internet sensation. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing yeah. story. Tyler, how has your life changed since, since your, your big debut? Well, very little because, because uh, I'm, I'm just announcing it here. You guys managed to track me down. But, uh, you know, it's actually Brian is out there now claiming that to be left shark. Yeah. You know, he's he's going around doing interviews, talking to People magazine. He's a liar. Yeah. Uh, don't listen to, to, to Brian Gaw. I am the real left shark. Tyler, did it, did it awaken any passion in you that you did? What was not aware that was there for the art of the dance? Like, would you say that there's any blood in the water now? Uh, I think. <laughs> Precisely. Um, any, any, any shark-related dancing in the future? <laughs> I know there are a lot of opportunities out there for that. Well, see, that's that, I've, I've definitely updated my LinkedIn profile with this. <laughs> um, not, the, not your IMDb, just your LinkedIn. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the application, the real-world application for, for, for left shark dancers is pretty minimal. Yeah. You know, I'm working on a book about it. Yeah. Uh, left shark, wrong shark. Uh, <laughs> just, just see where the opportunities go. 
I mean, she had quite a memorable halftime show. I mean, she yeah. she rode the uh, uh, the more you know star. She yeah. she was dressed like Will Ferrell from Blades of Glory yeah. uh, for the first act, and then but but you. Tyler Clark Left Shark uh, really stole the show of a very memorable uh, halftime. And Not just halftime, maybe the entire Super Bowl. You, you took it to a 10, man. Well, you know, uh, I don't throw the, the word hero around lightly. <laughs> yeah, I get that. But if someone can bring a little, uh, a little peace in this crazy world of ours, <laughs> just heal us for just a few minutes. It's Left Shark. It's left, it's left shark. It's, it's, it's left shark. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the update. We were fascinated with the story behind the scenes, and you gave us the scoop, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun having you on the show, Tyler. Good Absolutely. hearing from you. Glad to do it. All right. All right. Bye, guys. See you. See you, buddy. Well, moving forward, uh, it's time for entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, February 10th. Father John Misty is oh. coming out with the very oh, anticipated I Love You, Honey Bear. Very excited. Yeah, can't it, wait. It's a concept album written to and about Eddie Koffeltz, uh, who we like to call Honey Bear. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm very excited. Uh, the only other album coming out. The only other one. Why, why such a weird week? You'll, because you'll you're understand. not going to want to go against this album. Yep. Oh. Cisco is back Boom. with Last Dragon. Wasn't oh, didn't man. one of you guys tell me that Cisco was like not in music anymore? Yeah, he worked at a Victoria's Secret in Canada. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a Victoria's Secret. It was a lingerie store in a in a Canadian mall. Right. Uh, wow. But yeah. he's back. But now he's now he's back in. The Missy Elliott's back. And Cisco's back. Yeah. I mean, this is mid '90s. This is prime gas, time. Gas Come. is cheap. Suge Knight is killing people. It's the 90s. <laughs> it really is. The 90s are alive everywhere. It's yeah. so great. What a nice time. Yeah. Uh, movie releases coming out on February, uh, Friday, February 13th. Uh, it's Ooh, the day before. Oh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Date night, uh, the day before Valentine's Day. Uh, 50 Shades of Grey is coming out. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Eddie and I are going to see that What together. day are you going to be at that all-ladies conference? The 6th and 7th. This Friday. Oh, I think you were there on Valentine's Day. I was like, what up, play <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, on Valentine's I will be home alone with my son. So. Please, please uh, uh, address complaint email to <laughs> Eddie yes. at BigCat.com. That was a what up player, right? That yeah. Got on the podcast? It had to be. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, also going on Kingsman, uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service, Kingsman, the se- colon, The Secret Service, Kingsman, colon, The Secret Service. Just couldn't figure out a name. Colin Firth, Michael Caine, Samuel L. Jackson. I haven't seen anything about it, but I bet it's going to be great. There you go. Uh, you're so positive. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty hard to make a movie. It seems like you got to work pretty hard to do that, so they probably did a good you, job. Eddie likes to give every movie the benefit of the doubt, even if it's a terrible movie. That is except for Left Behind. That, which, uh, that was toilet water. Keep going. It wouldn't have made that movie if it didn't have a good idea, right? Yeah, I mean, what if we'd all been ready? That's It's a very simple concept. End yeah. time. Surely not a shameless cash grab by big Hollywood <laughs> studios. The, the, the idea behind AD, how did these 12 men throw, overthrow the Roman Empire? The idea behind Left Behind, what if we'd all been ready? What if it yeah. hadn't? Yeah. I don't I'm, I'm lost in my own yeah. thoughts right now. Uh, the uh, last movie coming out, the rewrite, uh, Hugh Grant, J.K. Simmons, and Marissa Tomei. Hugh Grant and Marissa Tomei, the 90s are alive. They really are. J.K. Simmons, so hot right now, huh? Yeah, he was on SNL. SNL. Did yeah. a good job. Yeah, yeah he, he was did. funny. He was really That's funny. So. All right, well, that'll do it for entertainment releases and your left shark update. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Y'all cracking me up, y'all ain't even know. Water into wine off my mind like a miracle. Spiritual, lyrical, metaphorical, oracle, horrible. Rappers wishing my features was more affordable. Yeah. Trying to think if I just had one wish, it'd probably be a rhyme like this. So close both eyes and blow them candles out while I rocks it. And knock them out the box, Rick. Yeah.
Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by World Vision. Our friends at World Vision have been serving the church for over 60 years as it serves the world's most vulnerable. Together, they work to bring a full solution to the root causes of poverty, addressing some of the greatest needs of our day, including the crisis in the Middle East and the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. World Vision believes God is calling us to the world's hardest places in this time of unprecedented need. Invite your church to join with World Vision in the margins and bring hope and transformation to those suffering around the world. To find out how you can get involved, visit worldvision.org slash church. You're listening to Play-Doh. The song is Saint Dangle. The video is playing right now over on uh, Relevant TV. You know, when I was uh, hanging on for dear life on the top of that camel, they were calling me Saint Dangle. Saint Dangle. Um, a little, uh, a little insider information. Do you know Plato's real name? Uh, Dangle. Douglas Dangle. Douglas Dangle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Doug Dangle. <laughs> Good old Doug Dangle. I'd go. I'd probably go as Plato myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why he goes by Plato. At the beginning of the podcast, uh, Toro Imwa with Empty Nesters from the upcoming album, What For? I love Toro Imwa. There you go. It's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. So uh, a, a barber in Atlanta has been in the news recently because he's come up with a novel form of discipline for children who misbehave. His motto, he's a father himself, uh, is if you want to act grown up, well, you can look grown up. So he's crafted a way that he can discipline kids, uh, that parents can bring their kids to him, and if they say a code word, he will give their kid a free haircut. They say, "Give my order the Benjamin Button when you go to his barber shop." What he does is he sits the kid down who has had behavior problems, and, and I want to I want to see what you guys take on this. I'm not someone who is for spanking, but. And, and I don't know if I would do this to my own son, but it seems to be effective. He tried it on his own son first. You see, you ask for the bitch button, you bring the kid in, you sit him on the barber chair, and he shaves the kid's head to look like a receding hairline of an old man. <laughs> Jeez. So, like, he please. takes the big uh, horseshoe shape out of the top of the head, and he leaves it, like, on the sides, and the little kid leaves the chair like an elderly man who has lost his hair to to old age. And so it's, uh, it's like really funny to like have a receding hairline and to be going bald. That's what's like funny about this slice. <laughs> cool. Also a Eddie, sign of bad I didn't behavior. come up with this form yeah. of discipline. I'm not saying that having that naturally is a punishment. Some people it's for discipline. Some people it's a lifestyle. It's just how God has wired Punished our, you. our yeah. follicles. Yeah, well, you might want to examine your behavior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe if I just got a little bit better God person, is angry with you. God would have yeah. given me yeah. hair like you cool guy. Well, except for so Chad. He yeah. said he first experimented with his haircut on his own son, and he said following the haircut, the, the kid's grades dramatically skyrocketed. <laughs> Which, if you think, I know that if I don't if I don't shape up and improve and get my grades up and stop misbehaving, my dad's going to cut my hair to look like a, you know a receding hairline of an old man. I would have I would assume it's pretty effective. I Tyler and I had discussed this briefly. I, I think I have some ethical issues with it, but I'm a firm believer that you spare the clippers, you spoil the child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I want to ask, I'm not a parent, but I have some issues with 
using like shame or embarrassment yeah. as a as a punishment tool it's it oh, yeah. seems like that's like maybe sort of damaging i don't know oh no no yeah that's why he's a terrible father like just to be <laughs> but i thought that was like we just knew that going in <laughs> well, right, well but, a, but to be fair eddie the kid's grades dramatically skyrocket. <laughs> right so you tell so, me so what's so what's worse as a father eddie? Right. i'm just i'm just playing devil's advocate here right okay right and, and, and for two reasons one, I, I think this is an interesting scenario. Two, I'm a big fan of hilarious haircuts. Right. That is fine. Especially on children who can't defend themselves from it and right, get right. the haircuts involuntarily. Right. Uh, so, but what's what's a worse father, Eddie? One that lets his kids' behavior slip away uh, and, and make terrible grades or one that does a hilarious haircut and gets him to shape up and never make bad grades again. So you, you are a firm believer in the ends justify the means a form of uh, parenting. Not always, but in this case... It is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's I, I Cameron, I'm in I, I'm in the in the camp of hilarity justifies the means. Yeah. Right. So funny wins for you. Funny wins. Even if it Most, even if it's yeah. damaging to your child's psyche, that puts a forever wedge between the two of you and and your relationship because they'll never trust you again because you humiliated them. But they're getting that B it's, plus. It's pa- one pa- haircut. I'm saying the kid is here will grow back. It's not one haircut. Kids don't forget no. that. Yeah. It's not something that, and their classmates aren't just going to let that go away just because his hair grew back. I mean, it's likely that the kid earned a nickname that's going to stick with him for the rest of his life. He we is, know how kids are. Oh, yeah, it'll say Friar Tuck or whatever. Benjamin Friar, Button. Yeah, on the yeah. back of his jerseys for the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? He'll probably be a scholar, so. <laughs> yeah. So which is better? So so am I the only one on this in this roundtable that thinks that, that that you could find an acceptable time to do this? Yes, you're the only one. But Cameron, we'll see. No, I would never ever do no, this. Of course I, you wouldn't. No, I would you? find I would find other and more effective ways to communicate to my child. You know, boundaries and standards and, and yelling. And, and, you got to just yell and scream at a kid. Yeah, I, I flail a lot. Yeah. That's more my method. Um, just freak out, <laughs> passive. Just get real passive aggressive. Yeah, you know, yeah. just days of silence. Yeah. Yeah, he that's, doesn't really know what's wrong. I don't, he treats you like this. I don't, I don't like to communicate clearly. I just want him to have to figure out what he did wrong. Yeah, you, you, know? yeah, you yeah. want everything to improve, so you just go silent on him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you did. And he just yeah. starts confessing eventually. Yeah. Uh, You're gonna, we're, we're all pretty good dads. I find that to be pretty effective as well. And it's like, and if, you don't, if you don't confess the right thing, I will cut your hair to look like an aging old person. Yeah, and so he starts <laughs> confessing, nope, that wasn't it. Try again, <laughs> nope. You can either get the J.K. Simmons or the LeBron James. Which one do you want? <laughs> All right. All right. What do you have, Tyler? Well, I uh, I'm bringing actually a uh, a a slice from a movie that I have not seen, uh, but have been reading extensively, uh, re- read a lot on, uh, because I want you guys' thoughts on it. Because I think this might be uh, the mo- one of the most jaw dropping moments in modern of 2015, if not modern cinema. Uh, and it involves a movie that I, I don't believe, have any reason to believe is any good. It's called The Boy Next Door. It stars Jennifer Lopez. It has a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so let, let's assume that this is not a good movie. What, what's um, surprising to me, Tyler, is you said it's a bad movie uh, starring Jennifer Lopez, which that's sort of a pariah in her career. Have you seen <laughs> The Wedding Planner? No, no, no. What was the one with her and Ben Affleck that was like the worst movie? Jiggly. Jiggly. That was like the worst movie of all time. It's the best it? movie. No, no, no. I, th- I, I still think you guys are watching those wrong. I don't believe that this is a 14% for a, a, a JLo movie. That can't be right, Tyler. Can you recheck that? <laughs> As I told you, I have read on this. I've read extensively about this. 
I have my facts straight. So you may have to go back and rewatch some of those old movies. In any case, her, her film history is not what I came here to talk about. I came to talk about her current movie out, The Boy Next Door, in which she plays an English teacher who, who I believe Hello. gets sort of involved with one of her students, which is frowned upon. They do the deed. They do. Uh, there are some, but, there's a lot more. But than just, she doesn't know that he then is a student who enrolls in her class, and oh. he does it after the fact to blackmail her. Amber was there opening night for some reason <laughs> dressed as an old English maid. The weird thing is like they, they debuted it in Morocco. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. You rode in on a single <laughs> hump Hello, camel. I'll take one for the board next Hello, door, please. <laughs> this is, I'm Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> He was too embarrassed to go as himself, so he dressed in his old English maid costume on loan from the Moroccan film studio. On a single hump camel he rode. I'm part, I'm part of her fan base, the J-Lovers. Yeah, they're so oh, good. No, they're the best. Yeah. Cameron at jlovers.net. By, by the way, my favorite like fan group is from Parks and Rec for Purred Happily. Who has a devoted fan base called the Purdverts? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard? You heard if it's Purd. It's not the Purd Herd. Oh wow, the Purdverts. I the like Purd it. Purd Herd would be good. <laughs> the Purdverts. <laughs> All right, so go, you're you're back to your we point. We have the cliff notes on the boy next door. It features a. It's it's sort of a, it may be a little bit sleazy. I mean, it's not it's not smiled upon. In the education field, too, to do the deed with one of your students, I believe. Again, but, but I think the whole idea was she didn't know he was a student when the deed was done. Okay, Are we talking so she's about innocent. Cameron has seen the film, Tyler. He knows. So, just <laughs> what, what like, is, so correct yourself. What is the deed you're talking about? Was she like right. assigning homework? Tutoring. It's tutoring. Tutoring, like after school tutoring on yeah. geometry and stuff like yeah. that? He, I she, understand. She tutored him all night long. Mm. Oh, I get it. Oh, Cameron. Yeah. I get jokes. I get those kind of jokes, you guys. But there is a moment, and Cameron, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but there is a moment in the film in which this student, a 19-year-old, okay. he, he sort of woos his his teacher, evidently while before she even knows that she is his teacher. He woos her as because he knows that she is a, a literature aficionado, a, a woman of books and words. So he he brings her a copy of, and this is, I believe this is true, a first edition of the Iliad. Yeah. What? Homer's Iliad. Homer's Iliad. Now, yeah. the Iliad was written in 762 yeah. BC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The printing press was invented in 1439 AD. Yeah. He gives her a, a bound book. It looks like something you'd pick up at Barnes & Noble, a, a book that he says he picked up for, quote, a buck at a garage sale, yeah. end quote. And, uh, and she's, she's flattered by this gift, not nearly flattered enough, in my opinion, considering he has given her an, an archaeological anomaly right. <laughs> that perhaps disproves everything we know about the printing press and books and maybe sort of time. It's priceless. It is a priceless artifact that this it, young it, man has found. That, it's oh, Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. It's not just a priceless artifact. It's an artifact that we didn't even know was capable of existing. Here, here's, right. here's the clip. You guys got to experience it for yourself. Here it is. Oh, hey, Noah. Come on in. You know, Kevin already left. Actually, I uh, picked something up for you. The book. <laughs> Thank you for that oh piece God, of history. This is the first edition? Oh, no! This sounds terrible. Except this, this must have cost a fortune. It was a buck at a garage sale. Oh. 
One man's trash. I can't. He said one man's trash. No, I can't. Honestly, this uh, please, I appreciate it. I've been in there every single night. It made a lot to me. Let's like do some stuff. You know, I need some help with my math. If you like that one, check this one out. Uh, this is the Book of Corinthians. It's, a, it's signed by the Apostle Paul. It says, "Best of luck, J Lo." Yeah. <laughs> Where did you get this? Here's, I, the whole time I'm picturing Cameron in an old English maid costume, <laughs> eating popcorn in the theater, going, "Oh, mom!" <laughs> you know what I am eating right now? Literally, I'm eating uh, Jelly Bellies, and I accidentally just ate a uh, brown one. It was coffee. Ew, Why do they put those delicious. in? What is going on? I'm eating all these fruits and they're all mil- going together wonderfully, and think. then coffee just get bright. it's like an ashtray. I know the slices. I know the slices isn't about jelly bellies, but I gotta say, why don't they just make a fruit variety? They, they do. Oh well, that's you good. can buy a fruit pack, a tropical pack. Well, that's yeah. that's my but, slice then. That's what we're gonna talk jelly about. Jelly bean marketer puts like popcorn and coffee and like in with like lime and yeah. I mean, it's like it's terrible. It's, yeah. it's literally like I'm, I had all these fruit flavors, and then like you're making a joke, and then like an ashtray happened in my mouth. Well, let me ask you this, Cameron: Are you when you eat jelly beans, are you just like popping in four or five at a time, or are you going one at a time? See, I, you got to be strategic. It, it depends on uh, the time, the amount of time I have available for the mm-hmm. bean consumption, because mm-hmm. uh, I really, you really do want to kind of flavor each individual one, mm-hmm. understand what it is, the complexity, the notes mm-hmm. of the flavors. Jelly then, beans are a journey, really, not really a destination. You're you know what I'm saying? Cameron, Cameron I is a jelly bean sommelier. You just, you just want to settle in and go on the journey <laughs> that they've created for us. Uh, but if I'm desperate, and I gotta go. You gotta, you you, you're just, you're shoveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a handful. When you're eating them for, you know, nutrition purposes to actually. <laughs> Fill yourself in in place of a meal. I'm just jamming them in Wait, my face. What? What? I don't think I've ever had the conscious thought. <laughs> in place of I a miss meal. lunch. I'm gonna <laughs> shovel jelly bellies. I'm oh. just saying. Would you rather go without a meal or eat the bag of jelly beans? <laughs> there are vegetable flavored jelly beans. That's true. There are definitely fruit flavored <laughs> jelly beans. All the food groups are there. <laughs> That's true. Corn. A little pick me carbs. up. Got your coffee one. I know that now. Yeah. Well, it's disgusting. Wake up in the morning. There's not. There's not a nutritional need you have that jelly bellies can't meet. Yeah, well, maybe not. Maybe a flavor need. Maybe not a nutritional. I don't think you know how no, nutrition no, no, no. works. It's uh, got to come. No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if it tastes like the nutrition, it it's is cool. nutritious. Yeah. This is where we, it tricks your body close enough. This is where we probably needed Shauna because I feel like we all are just in agreement on this, and I think maybe there's we might be missing. Shauna something. would agree with me. Right. They they don't they don't these are pros at Jelly Belly. They don't just put a flavor in there and call it good. Yeah. Right. Right. See, I, I, I've been, I've literally been like, man, I think I'm getting scurvy again. I think, I think this tang will cover it. <laughs> I think again. Is, the, the, again. I'm gonna <laughs> pop some lime jelly bellies to cure my scurvy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sit up straight. Oh wait, I'm thinking scoliosis. That's that's the that's the law of the sea, Cameron. <laughs> the law of the sea, jelly bellies. They the, the new world was ships. The new world was built on the backs of jelly bellies. You that's know why they call them the pirates lima beans. <laughs> Well, the pirate's bean, that's what we call it. <laughs> yeah. You're just, yeah, I don't know how the, how the human body works. I just know it does. <laughs> that's That was the next line that he said to J-Lo after he gave her the book. Oh, and we're <laughs> which, back. Which I do want to return to. I know it's my slice, but for a brief second, I have, I have never, I've seen a lot of movies. I don't think I've ever seen a miss like that or a hit, depending on what they were going for. I don't know. But I can't recall ever seeing just like a total... Like a, that's a ball drop. That's a fun. That's a that's the final minute of the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know the the thing that that struck me when I saw this is exactly your point. After being on the AD set last week and seeing the hundreds of people that are involved, 
the number of takes that are involved. So they aren't yeah. shooting the scene once. They're going to shoot it with the cameras primarily on J-Lo. They're going to shoot the exact scene again with the camera on the book. They're going to shoot it again with the guy with the camera on the guy coming in. Right. A, a room shot, a tight shot. That scene that we just listened to probably was shot seven or eight times. Right. They're miking different people different ways. There are script coordinators. There are people watching the cuts. There are hundreds of people involved, let alone the yeah. editors, yeah, yeah, the screenwriters. Right. Nobody said... Nobody. That's the thing that shocked me too. But but Tyler. listen, 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 listen. If you are craft services, right, and you're sitting there listening to take after take, and you're hearing this guy go like, "I got it for you for a dollar at a garage sale," and she's like, "Oh, Iliad, right?" Wouldn't you just be like, "You guys are idiots." I'm not saying a word. <laughs> like, I think I think someone spoke up, and the director's like. Nah, we got it. Let's move on. <laughs> you know what? We already had it props to make the Iliad. It definitely occurred to the prop guy who went out to buy a, a first edition of the Iliad and was like, oh, that doesn't exist. We're going to have to make a fake first edition of the Iliad right. because the actual first edition doesn't, it's a, it's a scroll. No, they just got one of those old-timey looking <laughs> covers at Barnes & Noble and kind of rubbed it in the dirt a little bit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all right, fine, here's your Iliad next. Yeah, it doesn't no. even say Iliad on the cover. <laughs> just this book. And we've had people, we, we work in the print industry and we we do, a I believe, a prodigious amount of fact-checking and we've had people, you know, we've had to catch things a few times. I don't think anything quite this mm -hmm. serious. No. I so I'm I'm aware that this can happen, but I'm with you in that. I don't know how many how many nets that had to slip through. Yeah, that's the thing that's shocking to me is when you look at the to just stay and 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 watch the 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 credits at the end and think all those people whose job was to watch this. Nobody said, "Hey, isn't that really old?" You know, <laughs> like we just <laughs> it's crazy. It really, they could have done this, but but the thing too is like they could have done many other books that would have been somewhat believable yeah. oh to gosh. have a first edition of. Yeah, but well, I mean the Moby Dick. You know what I mean? Can like, you get, like, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I like, so, or just something that's like since the printing press was invented. Yeah, right. something that wasn't written on either animal skin or scrolls <laughs> for the first right. edition like, of Mice and Men. Right? You yeah. could probably get a first edition. Yeah. I you guess. could find a. Yeah. I mean, a dollar would be a surprise. To Kill but... a Mockingbird. Let's go current century. Right, right. That was slipped through the cracks at right. a garage sale. And, and it would have been, JLo would have had the same response. As right. well, I mean, you know best about how she'd react, but I think right. she'd like that. No, she's a <laughs> kind and generous person. Yeah, I know. She's going to be appreciative for any gesture. You I don't know. have to go back to the 600s Did you watch to, her? to impress her. You watched her recent documentary on HBO about her tour? I did not. Me, oh, me neither. Let's keep going with the show. Let's keep on that podcast. From what I understand, no, no, no camel has anything bad to say about Jennifer Lopez in Morocco. That's true. Not one camel spoke ill of her. No, no, yeah. no. And she and Mark Anthony, totally, it's good now. It's good. It's sweet Are they to back see together? Them. No, but, you know, they're making it work for the kids. Oh. And that's what's nice. So it's good. You get a little too real with it, Eddie. I like to think of her as like a caricature, not like a real person with a family. So thanks for ruining it. Yeah. Well, sorry. Hey, that's that's me with the basketball players, man. It's just yeah, like these are your real people. No, these are these are not real people. They are basketball she's not, players. She's she's Jenny from the block. She's a caricature of pop culture. Thanks a lot. <laughs> she's a she's a fly girl. She's a she's fly a girl. Player. She is a fly girl. That's right. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Eddie? Uh, I'm going to give you guys a choice. Do you want like a really hard? Well, they're both stories about love because we're coming up on Valentine's Day. My heart is full of love. Um, Are they both about J-Lo as well? <laughs> <laughs> do you want a real heartwarming one that's just going to make you, oh, at the end, or you just want like one that's not like that? What do you think? Give us some, I think a little sad. Chad, I was going to say, take us out on a happy note. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. okay. Well, then I'm not going to do the real sad one. I'll just tweet it. Okay. Wait, so, did it involve dying children? 
Yeah, it was no, it written by were the parents insured? Okay, so yeah, did, were the parents were the parents owners of a flat screen TV? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, new study out. Uh, this is for all my single friends uh, listening. So I just oh, for all the single ladies. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna take a brown jelly bean. How could this? We be don't bad? know if it's chocolate or if it's coffee. Mm, it's pretty good though. <laughs> oh, that's coffee. Oh, that's not good anymore. It's not good. It right? starts out, you think it's chocolate, and then it kind of hits you. Well, that's like, oh um, no, it's an ashtray. That yeah. is terrible, Cameron. Yeah. You're welcome. You want some uh, popcorn to wash I it down with? I shouldn't eat on the, on the mic, right? This is how you make a bad podcast. No, I. <laughs> it's just an audio medium. <laughs> right. Okay. So, uh, we're, this new study out talking about how important it is for uh, young men and young women to win over the the in-laws, or I guess at this point, the possible in-laws. And, you know, you would think, oh, it's probably important to win over the family. Uh, but a study out does affirm that some of that is true and some of that is not true. Winning over mom may sound like something that is um, kind of old-fashioned or winning over dad, but it's still a smart strategy. Um, in a new poll, six in ten young women say that when they're thinking of getting serious with someone, their mother's approval is extremely or very important. So that's 60% of young women say that their uh, mom's approval. A mere 6% of women under age 30 say that their mother's opi um, opinion matters not at all when dating. Uh, this this poll found, and four in ten young women would consider breaking up with someone if their mom didn't like uh, the other person, according to the poll. Um, and 16% of women studied say that they have dumped a guy for that reason, um, which I think is interesting. Do all of your do all of the married gents here do your in laws? Well, I guess I can't really ask this. <laughs> do your in laws like you? And you'd just be like, uh, no, thanks for bringing it up. But. Um, so for all the single guys listening, make sure I had a, I did have an ex girlfriend in high school that they didn't like. She was a bit older. She was very well read. Was she? A <laughs> she, uh, she she appreciated some garage sale gifts I bought her. But my parents, there was kind of a red flag there. Yeah, she was easily weirdly. impressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was <laughs> Mostly they didn't like you because you gave away a first edition of the Iliad. <laughs> yeah, they were very upset that I gave her I gave away a priceless artifact. Yeah. but uh, you know it didn't work out. So. <laughs> it just didn't work. The Smithsonian is still kicking them. Those were letting that one go. <laughs> um, sons apparently worry a little less uh, than daughters about what mom thinks, uh, said the survey. Half of the 18 to 29-year-old men say that uh, mom's approval is extremely important uh, when a relationship might get serious. Dads who are, you know, the stereotypical gatekeepers for their teenage daughter still say that uh, they have some importance too. half of young women and nearly 40 percent of young men put a high importance on dad's opinion when romance is getting uh, serious i won't keep reading numbers here but i just wanted to give this as a psa to all of the single listeners it does matter that the in-laws like you and so maybe this valentine's day instead of focusing on her maybe you buy Hold on, this is going to be weird. Maybe, maybe you buy the parents of first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say maybe you buy mom flowers, and then all of a sudden it got really odd, and I realized you shouldn't do that. But yeah, anyway, that's great advice. <laughs> this Valentine's Day, don't don't give your girlfriend anything. No, no. Buy lavish her mother with gifts. Take mom yeah, out. It won't to be a, weird at all. Take her out to a nice <laughs> evening at a Olive Garden. Yeah, hold hands. Life two hundred one. <laughs> the master, the master take, speaks. Take a nice and then walk. call us and let us know how that how that advice went for you. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted, uh, I wanted you all to have that and I wanted to wish you good luck this Valentine's season as you, uh, marry your, you know, ladies family. Well, next week's show, we're going to have some Valentine's tips. 
Oh, we're, really? we're some ideas and some tips. Yeah. Oh, yeah, from we, a very unlikely, unlikely place. Not unlikely. A very, a very. I mean, unconventional, but uh, well respected. Very, uh, very well respected. Uh, 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 controversial. Controversial. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see. But, that. but it's a, so it's a sort of it's a sort of tips that you probably haven't thought of, but could change your life forever. Yeah. Well, now I'm this not, is. I, I have no idea what we're talking about. I'm, yeah. I'm on pins and needles. Yeah. Well, you're gonna you gotta tune down, in next week. Download okay. next week's episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this yeah, is very exciting. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Jenny Allen. There is an answer and a question. And there is hope within despair. And there is beauty in a failure. Depths beyond compare. There is a role of a lifetime, and there's a song yet to be sung. And there's a dumpster in the driveway of all the plans that came undone. You're listening to Death Cab for Cutie because it's 1998. Yeah, we are back in it, aren't we? And the song is Black Sun. Black Hole Sun. <laughs> Black Hole Sun won't come. Love to hear Death Cab recreate Wash that song. Away. Just keep going. It's just unlikely, the, it's just unlikely the, cover. It's just the music bed. He's just going to pull me down a little bit, and you're going to go. <laughs> this, this week's uh, feature interview is brought to you by Harry's, a company focused on providing guys an exceptional shave for a fraction of the price. Their starter shave sets are just 15 bucks, and that includes the razor, uh, three blades, and your choice of either Harry's shave cream or their new foaming shave gel. Shipping is always free. Uh, it's, it's annoying when they tack that on. So I do not Harry's like does not no, tack no. that on. This is the price. I'm used to Amazon Prime, and shipping is just not a thing it's anymore. A so thing when anymore. I go to a site where they tack it on, it's terrible. Anyway, uh, and satisfaction is guaranteed. You can go to harrys.com now, and Harry's will give you $5 off if you type in the offer code RELEVANT with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Enter coupon code RELEVANT. Check it out for $5 off and change the way you shave forever. My dad's birthday was last week. Oh, happy birthday. And uh, uh, for Christmas, way in advance, when we were doing one of our promos with Harry's, I ordered him a shave set, gift set, with a monogrammed razor handle Mm. with his initials. Wow. Nice. Forgot forgot to give it to him at Christmas. Sure. Because I had put it away and I had, you know, I'm a last minute shopper. So this one gift I'd done on time, forgot about it. It's gone. But it's ready for his birthday. You're ready. So I give it to him for his birthday. He texts me the other day. He said, I just shaved with Harry's. It was the best shave of my life. I really love it. Thank wow. you so much. Oh wow! Yeah, isn't that crazy? How about that? He's like, uh, why did you? Uh, why did you put the wrong initials on the handle, though? It's not my name. They were his initials. <laughs> That's why I didn't keep it for myself because it's like got my dad's initials on it. Anyway, all right. <laughs> I never forgot to give it to him. I was like, sweet, I got a new Harry set. Oh no, it's his. Oh man, <laughs> gonna have my dad shave my face again. <laughs> Jenny Allen is an author, <laughs> blogger, and founder of the If Gathering, an event that gathers, equips, and unleashes the next generation to live out their purpose. If Gathering live streamed its first event from Austin uh, and brought together more than 150,000 women from uh, over 22 countries. Today, If Gathering continues to gather women online through a daily Bible study called If Equipped. Last year, Jenny released the book Restless because you were made for more. In the book, uh, she helps women discover their unique calling through the life of Joseph and the threads of their passions, gifts, people, places, and suffering. Uh, If Gathering is happening right now, uh, this Friday, today, uh, from Austin, uh, our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to her. 
Here is Jenny Allen. We're talking about F a little bit. Can you can you give me any insight into what you guys are planning or what you have in store? Yeah, so it's it's really a mystery um, in that we we sit down and and kind of blank canvas it. We look at it and say, okay, what is what needs to happen this year? And and I feel you know I've never done anything like this before. I'm not um, I don't have any experience in event planning, so I feel like it's just fun because I just kind of see. It's like it's just like any creative process. You see uh, layers fall off, and it starts to get clear. But um, yeah, so this year, I mean, again, we keep our program pretty pretty tight lipped. We don't really reveal much, but um, it is it is going to be different, and it is going to be. Um, I think just the, the beautiful thing about everything we've done so far is it's just been really organic and simple, and and so it's nothing flashy. You know, it's not a production. It's just it's born out of where I feel like all of the women that are part of what we're doing, where we kind of all are. And I think what happened last year was so um, surprising, I think, to all of us that there were so many people around the world that kind of came together with the same heart and wanting to see the same things happen. And, and, and so I think it was a miracle. And I think we all just kind of couldn't believe it. And, and so this year we are going to, just talk about that. We're going to talk about faith and what it means to believe God as a generation. Um, I've been studying Joshua, and you know it was so cool because he came on the scene. You know when this generation that had watched all of these huge miracles happen was getting older, and they didn't want to take any more risk, and they didn't um, they didn't want you know Moses and and the people that come out of Egypt. They just stayed in the wilderness and. They didn't believe God and they didn't trust him, even though they'd seen all this amazing stuff. But then Joshua leads this new generation that says, hey, we're going to believe God and we're going to go for it. And there's a risk here and we don't know what's going to happen, but we're going for it. And we believe God is with us. And and then they live this amazing, adventurous, crazy, awesome life. And I just feel like that's where I see our generation. We are just sitting here on the edge like, okay, Lord, we don't want to waste our lives and we want to, you know, we don't want to control what this looks like. We want you to just move in our midst and, and do what you want with us, even if that costs us something. And so that's really what we're going to, we're going to talk about and, and what it could look like if just everybody kind of brought their little seed of faith. Like even if it feels small to them, I just think God blesses that and moves through that more than morality, more than, you know, fancy prep plans and productions. I feel like it's, it's through people just saying, you know what, I'm in and I believe this and I want to live like that. And and then it's really messy, right? Like it never works out beautifully scripted. And and so to me, when I'm planning this event and you're, you're talking about things like this, I mean, we're actually leaving places where we aren't scripting it. Like we're, we're, we're actually taking time for the program and just saying, God, you know, we want you to move here and we're going to give space for that. So um, it's scary. I mean, it's, it's exciting and fun, but it's definitely messy and imperfect too. I think 
a lot of people, especially millennials, were raised with this idea that, that God wants to use you to, to make a difference, to change the world. And we've done a pretty good job of internalizing that. And a lot of times we've done a less good job of internalizing the possibility that maybe he doesn't want to, maybe he wants to use us, or maybe the point isn't that you are going to make a difference, but the point that you're going to be able to rally a bunch of people together and together you guys will make God's name great. Has that been an intentional part of what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. You know, I just think this is, you're right, like this is such an individualized society, right? Everything, Mm -hmm. whether it's social media or the jobs we pursue, the things that we think are important, everything is, and even just the way we live. You know, when I go to other countries, people communally live. Like there's, there's a sense of, they couldn't imagine the separation we have in our lives, you know, and, and how isolated I think everybody feels. And so I think the lie is that there's a lot of fulfillment in, in building a name and in, in making a difference on your own. And I think what I've found is, I think we're all craving more than that. We are craving a, a family. We're craving to be part of a team and, and to do this together. It just, it's, it's so shockingly rewarding. Um, I think a lot of us had our own ministries and have been writing or leading or like Esther Havens has been a photographer, a humanitarian photographer, but we've all had very isolated careers. And this brought us out of our little holes where we were writing or teaching and, and put us together on team. And I think we all have found that to be probably the most fulfilling part of what we're doing. And so I think that is a lie to dispel for sure, that, that, it is often, I think, more fun and rewarding to be a part of something great than to try to build yourself to be great. And it is a constant surrendering because you have to constantly lay down your own uh, goals and your own agenda and your own ambitions. And you just have to say, you know what, I'm in this, even if it's messy and um, I don't get as much out of it as I would if I went and spoke somewhere big by myself. You know, I just feel like it's, it's, I don't know. It is, um, it's killed and slain the ego and, and the things that, that I think we don't, none of us care about or want, but it, but we're tempted to, if we're honest. And, and so it, it's a good to have places where that dies. It's good to be, um, one of rather than the thing, you know? I think that's important for everybody. What would you say to somebody who might be listening to this and, and they feel like they're maybe in the same place you were a few years back where they have this this idea or this vision that they want to they wanna do something great for God, but they just can't figure out what that first step is. They, they can't figure out quite how you manage to take this from a, a dream or a possibility, a potential, and actualize it into an actual force, a movement. Oh, I mean, that, you're right. It's years. I mean, this is years. And I mean, I, I would say at least going... To eight nine years ago and so it is oh I mean it's easy to look at things and think they just popped up out of the ground and were there but it, it's always built I mean if you look behind the scenes it's always built with years of, of probably conflict and years of a lot of unknowns a lot of fear I don't know that I've ever ever been so afraid as some of the moments that God pushed me through to build it um, I mean, there were lots of them, as, as you can imagine, just lots of hard conversations, lots of lots of stories that I've never been able to tell because they were behind the scenes and 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 it wouldn't be beneficial to tell. But but I think it's important to note that um, 
you know, this is, this looks like, oh, we're all best friends and this was easy and it just all flowed and worked. Yeah. No. Like, there were <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens of hard, hard conflicts and conversations and tears and misunderstandings. And, you know, there were days that I thought, I am hurting the kingdom of God. This isn't for the kingdom of God. This is actually just hurting it. And, oh, wow. And then, yeah. And, and so... I had those days where it felt like the soil was just hard and there was no way we were going to see any harvest here. But, but I felt like the thing I did through that was just keep my head down and like, keep, keep tilling the soil and, and keep, you know, as long as God said to stay. And there's been times in my life where I feel like I've had thought there was a vision from God and I've been wrong. Right. I mean, somebody (laughs) wisely told me once, um, I asked them, how do you know if something's the will of God? They said, when it happens. And I thought, that's so true, sadly, because how many, I felt the same way about that vision, you know, seven or eight years ago, um, as I did about other things as well, and they didn't come to fruition. But, but I think with all things, it's kind of like you just stick to your road, you keep your hands open, and you keep saying, God, I'm willing. I'm willing for this to fail. I remember the biggest Thing I had to deal with in my fear in all of those years that that God was growing things, but there was no evidence, right? Um, I, I think the, the hardest thing that I had to let go of was what if what if I am publicly humiliated? Like, what if I I go and risk all of this and it absolutely flops? Because yeah. that there wasn't much I knew. I mean, I, I really I had never done this before. It could I could have just rallied all these amazing people, gotten their attention, and it just flopped, you know? And so <laughs> it, it was terrifying to say, who am I to do this? And and so I think owning that and saying, you know what, God, am I willing to face public humiliation for you? Am I willing to fail miserably and publicly for you? And And I think at some point, finally, my answer became yes. And it wasn't that it would have been easy, and it wasn't that the conflict and all the things happening behind the scenes were easy, but I was willing to go through them if if that was obedience. But it wasn't for some dream. It wasn't for some great idea. It was for Him and for His name and for whatever it was that He wanted to do through me here. And I think that's a really important difference because I think if we make it about the dream, we'll try to control the dream and we'll put our identity in the dream and we will have to have the dream work or we'll be miserable. But if you say, you know what, I'm here, God, to take whatever you've given me and to display you in whatever way you want and you just kind of have this open-handedness, I think then you stick to something, but not because you believe in a thing, but because you believe that God's worth it. That was Jenny Allen. You can follow her on Twitter at Jenny Allen. That's I-E. And you can find out more at ifgathering.com. Listening to Natalie Prass, the song is Birds of Prey from her self-titled album. 
Benjamin Booker is a singer-songwriter and guitarist based in New Orleans. His music has been described as a raw brand of blues, boogie, and soul, clearly influenced by the greasy garage rock of the White Stripes. We have a, a piece on him in the new issue of Relevant. Tyler interviewed him. I've, I love his music. It was in the you drop, know, right? Yeah. He's great. He's really, really great. He's in the drop. I saw him here a couple weeks ago in Nashville, and he puts on a great live show. If he comes to your town, don't miss him. His self-titled album released last year. Here is part of Tyler's interview with... Benjamin Booker. few people say this about you you sound like you've been making albums a lot longer than you actually have been it just sounds like a very you have a really clear idea of what of what it sounds like what you want to be and, and what kind of music you want to make and that doesn't always happen with the debut album man oh i mean that is i mean i do i did have like a very clear idea i guess of uh but when i i what i i guess it's like when i first started writing songs i had like a very clear idea of what i wanted to do i don't know i for years i like didn't know really why I wanted to write, like, the kind of music that I wanted to make. And then, uh, I don't know, around, uh, yeah, early 2012, January or so, I just, like, knew, like, uh, I don't know, I had, like, the combination of, like, uh, these, like, genres in my head that I, like, wanted to put together and, like, things that I wanted to do. And, like, I really just, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. When I was writing, I had, like, a very clear idea of, like, a uh, what I wanted to do and what I, what I didn't want to do. And that made the songwriting, I guess, like pretty uh, quick. Always working, always working, say, God is working, say, God is working, always searching, always searching, say, devil's working, say, devil's working. What you do is 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 really good, but it is kind of a people call it like a throwback sound, or because it sounds a little bit like classic rock, or it sounds a, like it has some, some a lot of '70s stuff, which would suggest to me that you were listening to a lot of like a I don't know punk and and white stripes when you were putting it together, but but it came together to sound like a really whole really unique thing, especially right now because there's a lot more electronica going on than there is rock and roll, and I'm glad you're still making rock and roll. Yeah, I mean uh, I don't listen to a classic rock at all. It's like my least favorite thing. <laughs> Is uh, it really? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, classic rock is like based on the same things that I like am pulling from. I don't know. I mean, I, I was listening to like a lot of like acoustic like blues and like punk and like that kind of stuff. But I mean, I guess like uh, it makes sense that like if you uh, combine those two things that it would sound like classic rock. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's good, whatever it is. I had I had this idea of like uh, I I tried to, I there was like a part of me that wanted to uh, I was really really into like blues and stuff from like the 1930s and like I was trying to put myself I guess like in this like headspace where like uh, I was also listening to like a lot of like rhythm and blues stuff from like New Orleans and that kind of thing and I was kind of like uh, wanted to be like somebody like a. Uh, like when I was writing this song, I was like thinking about like uh, if I had heard the blues and like grown up with the blues like uh, in the 1930s or like uh, in 40s and was like living in that time, like 
and then really just like had uh, also like traveled into the future and heard uh, punk. Like, what would I have been making? I don't know. But I was like, a, it was more like a, a rewriting a early rock and roll kind of thing. Like, because uh, I because I don't like the classic rock kind of stuff. So it was like, a, my, I guess my take on the what should be classic. I don't know. To tell you the truth, I ain't been sleeping too. Was recording, like putting out the actual album, was that harder or easier than you thought it was going to be? Recording? Uh, it wasn't hard at all. I mean, I recorded with this guy, Andrea Takic, in uh, Nashville at this place called The Bomb Shelter. And uh, he just has like an analog studio, and uh, it was really easy. I mean, uh, we were in there for like a long time. We had only like six days to, to record, so we were doing like really long days, I mean. And... Uh, I don't know. It never felt uh, rushed or anything. We just, like, uh, since it's, like, analog, we pretty much just played the song live. And then uh, I would go back and maybe, like, fix, like, uh, some vocals or something. But, like, it was very stress-free. There was no uh, pressure at all. I guess especially since we weren't talking to anybody. But there was just, like, uh, let's just finish this. Yeah, I mean, we had never done it before, so I didn't know what to expect from the, like, <laughs> and it was very, uh, no pressure in the situation, yeah. Was the finished product, the album, was it pretty much what you saw in your head when you first started recording? Is it, Did it come out the way you wanted it to? Oh, no. I mean, I had no idea what it would sound like uh, Oh really? after we recorded it. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, I had, like, a, recorded me with, like, a drummer, like, on, like, a, a cell phone. That's, like, the closest I got to, like, uh, <laughs> hearing what we sounded like. And uh, when we went in, uh, I didn't have anything. Like, they, I was supposed to, like come up with notes and like suggestions and like things that like I wanted it to sound like and like all those things and like I didn't get I got there with like nothing and then like uh, Andrea had like some ideas in his head but like uh, he had like a, a page and a half of, like notebook paper so like that's pretty much like we, we both went in with and uh, yeah I don't know I had no idea what it was going to sound like uh, I had I'd never been in the studio like that before uh, and it just ended up I guess being way bigger and like uh I guess better than like I thought I would be able to like make an album. So I'm like, you know what I mean? I was very happy, I guess, at the end, yeah, because I had just heard like cell phone recordings. And I was like, oh, those are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That was Benjamin Booker. You can find out more at BenjaminBookerMusic.com.
ghosts in the national parks. Coyotes tiptoe in the snow after dark. You're listening to Modest Mouse. The song is Coyotes from their album Strangers to Ourselves. Man, we are really kicking it with the old, old bands. Modest yeah, they're all coming mm-hmm. back, man. It's crazy. Yeah. You I'm really into that new Modest Mouse song, though. Yeah, they, they spent all their money from a decade okay. ago, and so, hey, we're back. We're back. Yeah. You're listening to PM Dawn. <laughs> that was... Dude. <laughs> they're so good, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I love PM Dawn. Actually, uh, Big Dude's dead, though. The one with the dreads. Oh, is he? So they, they can't come back. I don't believe you sometimes when you say that. No, though. it's true. Oh. His name is Jiggy Sweets, and uh, he died. <laughs> I don't know. PM Dusk. A lot of dark turns in this podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of making light of dead people. <laughs> he was hey, he was actually babysitting the child when the TV fell, and it fell on the both of them. <laughs> and then he went to go take a bath to calm his nerves, and he died in the bath. Because he was concussed and didn't realize it, slipped into the bathtub, and uh, drowned. Set and a- ironically, they did have Nationwide. Yeah. <laughs> He was set adrift on memory bliss. Uh, it's time for your feedback, but uh, before we jump into last week's question of the week, oh yeah, you know I was gone last week, and uh, the Moroccan internet isn't what it used to be, and so it's I wasn't gotten... able to download last week's episode. So the Moroccan internet used to be pretty good, and it's gotten worse. It was, it was the, it was the. <laughs> they started the internet mostly there. Yeah, mostly. Uh, they, yeah, it was it was the hub of internet in the Middle East and Northern Africa, um, and, and not anymore. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I wasn't able to download last week's show, and so but since I missed out, I thought we you know we have somebody here on staff who is so great at recapping the episodes for us. We decided to uh, uh, invite her back. It is now time for. Last week's show. Lauren, welcome to the show, Lauren. I know you love this. Hey. Thank you for coming back. <laughs> so, so as you know, I wasn't able to listen to last week's show. If you could give us a give me a brief recap, I would appreciate it. So, what happened on last week's Relevant podcast? Well, you know there were some uh, liquid cheeses talked oh, about. Oh wow! Whoa, 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 what, right. what? What? I did, don't know. What happened? Ask, on ask some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> a double, a double dog down a downer. I don't know. Great, great. No more context. <laughs> are, you, are you just saying random words right no now? No more context needed. That was great. I remember that part of the podcast. So, so <laughs> corn dogs, double dog downs, liquid cheese. Yes. What else did I miss? Um, a cat was resurrected. A cat his, was like on yeah, the show. A cat on was on the show. Yeah. Wow. It was here. That was a big week. I missed. It was. We, we actually had, had, we a, had a, a voodoo practitioner. In. Yeah. We brought it. <laughs> I was, was going to say doctor. Christine Kane. Pray for it, but you guys went voodoo. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very All different. Right. Very different. Yeah. It, it was just an experiment. Who Who were the guests last week? Um, <laughs> Great question. I, was the lone bellow on there? Maybe. Oh, the Lone Bellow. I love yeah, them. Yeah. They have a new album out. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Cool. Who else? Yeah, Who else is there is another one? There? Who else? Some uh, Mike. So there's a guy named Mike. <laughs> oh yeah, Mike. Mike. Yeah. He he, uh, he has a great new book out. Mike. Yep. Oh, Mike. What? Uh, what were hey, Mike? Old Mike. <laughs> who, who was talking to Mike? Was it anybody you knew, or did you not recognize the interviewer? Mm, you know. It's hard to tell. The voices just blur together. Just a white guy. It was, it was a white guy. That's all just, we know. They all yeah, sound alike. The white guy. <laughs> <laughs> the nickname 
Do you remember his uh, his special nickname? Mike. Mike. Yeah, what was Mike's nickname? Magic Mike. Close. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you guys interview just went close. very different. Kidding. You guys resurrected a cat with right. voodoo. You had Magic Mike on yeah. the show for the video yeah. segments. I assume. <laughs> it took a weird turn. We took a cheese turn, and yeah. chicken. Cheese yeah, and chicken. And corn dog. dogs. Man, I missed, I missed an epic. Camera. I missed okay. an epic episode. Thanks so much for the recap. Really well done. This yeah. was a, a great installment of. There it is. You Thanks. really, it's a great cheat sheet tool. Yeah. Like, people don't need to download every episode. You're really a now. fan. High five. Yeah. Thank you, as I, always. You, you captured the spirit of it. Yeah. That was actually <laughs> what it, not what it that bad. Accuracy, it more than made up for in heart. Right. <laughs> I'm excited for this segment. This is going to help me a lot because I forget. Right. You know? They all blur. They all blur. So, this is like little mile markers along the highway Sorry. of the podcast journey. Yeah. Uh, Lauren gives us the mile markers. Um, okay, so big news again. Before we get into the question of the week, uh, big news. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about the charity challenge that Jesse was going to accept. Well, I'm excited about this. The sort of uh, psychological endurance challenge. Sweet. Um, the, the thing that he would do to, for us to back him and uh, through us backing him financially, we, he, we would be raising money for charity. Yeah. Uh, you guys submitted a ton of ideas. You guys, uh, we talked about them a few weeks ago on the show. Jesse has gone through them, and he has selected what he's going to do for the, oh, for the charity challenge. Uh, Jesse, what is your decision? Uh, okay, so, so I've, I've looked through the submissions and what people want me to do as a, as a test of psychological endurance. <laughs> and this was based on, just for a little frame of reference, these two individuals who did a podcast, which I listened to an episode. It's very dark. They were in a very dark place uh, because they were watching the film Grown Ups 2 every Monday for 52 weeks straight. I listened to episode 48, and they were on the brink of insanity. It was a lot of profanity. One of them was openly drinking during the podcast. They were in a very dark mental state. But I was just saying, I think I have the mental strength to do that and maintain my wits about me. Uh-huh. So I wanted to have the listeners write in, and and someone else marathoned Dawson's Creek for like nine days and raised money for charity. So I wanted to have listeners write in and tell me a psychological endurance challenge that I should partake on to, to raise money for charity. I've chosen a challenge. We'll get to the charity aspect uh, after, after I lay out what I've chosen. We had a listener write in that said that I should have I should download the entire Nickel, Nickelback catalog, which I believe is eight albums, okay? That's, a, that's the, an eight-hour workday right there. Yeah, that's, so uh, You can listen we, through it three times every day. Yeah, well, and I, and I very likely will be because the challenge is for for seven 24-hour periods consecutively. Seven? That's called a week. <gasps> One week. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I'm, I'm just, just breaking it down. I don't use the word week anymore. I call them seven 24-hour periods consecutively. <laughs> he's just giving yeah. us the, he's just well, giving well, us the facts. Uh, how many? I, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and those fall into 365-day lunar cycles. Yeah. Um, so... The, how how the challenge will work for 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 one week, I will listen around the clock to the Nickelback catalog. And this person who challenged you with this actually had ways that you could continue this during your sleep and showering periods. Yeah, God, you're gonna I go. Have, you're gonna go I, nuts. I, yeah. So so real quick, I have. Uh, and, and let's let people know. You have a wife. You have a small son. You, you have a yeah. job. 
God, I think you even if you're just alone with not much going on, yeah. I think you are going to lose your mind. You you have church obligations. You have you have a social life. I assume modeling. Can you help us out a little? Because Jesse, I talk to you quite a bit throughout our workday, as you know. Does this mean that I'm listening to Nickelback whenever we talk? Because if so, I I don't want to be part of this. Well, you know, I mean, that's part of where it's a team sacrifice here. We're raising money for charity. I do have, I want to show real quick. I was given as a Christmas present, wireless earbuds. Nice. Okay. Okay. That can be worn. Wait. They're going to, you know, I mean, I prefer not to wear them out in public, Wait, but Jesse, LeBron James wears them. There's so a nothing. big wire on them. What do you mean wireless? Oh, uh, 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 that's that's so they connect around your neck. So they oh, don't fall. okay. 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 I, I think I think that comes off. But either way, I can walk around. With the with the music streaming directly into my head. Okay. Okay. I like it. I also have this. Let me let me pull up from behind me. This is a wireless speaker. Yeah. That I good. can play on my phone and seamlessly turn on the Bluetooth on this. Right. Uh 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 uh. So that the music literally never stops between the two sources. Yeah. So technically, I have it all figured out. Okay. Because if I'm using this, I can. It will be playing, but I don't have to be blasting it. I can having Nickelback soothingly, softly playing in the background of my everyday activities. Right. Kind, of like, kind of like Jeff Bridges. Right. Exactly. And with the wireless headphones, I can go around a, sip, a pretty normal life with right. that in the background. Right. Now, uh, uh, so, so I have my technical basis covered. Are you gonna Are you gonna have it like a one ear situation, like when you're at a restaurant or at church? Or you yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah, it's good, and I'll probably just go, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, one, one ear so that I can actually hear what's going on in the world. But of course, right. it'll be filtered because it would be illegal to the drive. gravelly tones of of Chad Kroger from yeah. Nickelback. <laughs> It'd be illegal to drive if you had two headphones in, you know. So you got to have the safety in mind of one I, ear just, open. I, you know, I'm not all that concerned about Johnny Law on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking the rules of nature here. I don't think man's law. You know, it was all that relevant to me, but whatever. I I will put take out one ear when I drive right. my son around. So so I have the the technical aspects figured out. The only other thing left to discuss is the charity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So part of the reason I want to do this because I want to raise money for a charity, and in order to do it, I I, I have to feel like we're going to raise money that we're actually going to raise money. I have to incentivize the process. So I want to give water uh, uh, money to uh, uh, charity water. I haven't run this by them. I don't know if I need to. I don't think they're going to turn. No, they'll out take money, they'll take anybody's money, <laughs> even if it's dirty Nickelback money. <laughs> 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 I'm assuming they'll take dirty Nickelback money, so I'm going to go with uh, uh, the 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 charity Charity Water. Yeah, good. Who good builds, people. Good. Yeah, people. they're good people yeah, yeah. and they do great stuff. They build. They get. They provide clean water uh, uh, to communities in need around the world. Millions. Now, uh, Eddie, can you yeah. tell me how much the price of one well for Charity Water costs? Well, it varies. It looks like five thousand is around the number water. It, $5,000 donated for a water project is water project build in a village, uh, and an average of about 250 people get clean water uh, for about five grand. Um, I think that's about that's about the number. I can get you an exact number, but I think so, it's $5,000. So th that's a lot of money, yeah. right? Yeah, $5,000. $5, it would be the equivalent of if each listener who downloaded this episode gave 10 cents. So, Five cents. I mean, no, in other words, but it's I, a doable. It's amount. a doable amount. Absolutely. We should. So, learn. in order to incentivize it, here's what I want to do. Okay. I want to have a point on Thursday evening. If twenty five hundred dollars 
from Monday to Thursday has been raised. Yeah. I will finish out the challenge. No and, way. And, and oh. put the oh, head oh, down. Oh, the challenge or the money challenge. I was like, wow, you're going to oh, write oh, a no, check. No, no. <laughs> I was like, I wow. Finish. No, if people want me to finish from Friday to Sunday, they have to get to the halfway bar by Thursday. We'll put the rally cap on and, and, and try to get raised that last 2500 from Friday to Sunday. Now, Jesse, okay. when people do campaigns like this, uh, social media is a big part of it. You are notoriously absent from Twitter and Instagram. How are we to keep tabs of your progress? For, for a good cause, I will be active on Twitter, live tweeting progress and getting support rallied the entire time. Yes. So, so uh, obviously the podcast will be chiming in. So at Relevant Podcast, if you don't follow us, yes. uh, at Jesse Carey, no I. Uh, J E S S E. Yeah, yeah the, the lady spelling. C A R E Y. C A R R. Is your name you use the spelling like Jesse J or Jesse Ware? Which which Jesse or is it Jesse from Say by the Bell? Jesse, Jesse Spano. Spano? It's the way that 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 guys spell it. Oh. J E S S E. <laughs> oh, all right. Like, like cool guys like Uncle Jesse from Full House. Maybe you heard of him. He's pretty sweet. <laughs> He's pretty masculine. No matter how kids made fun of him when he was a now, little boy. Now I have a question. So if we get halfway there. <laughs> and half the time, you'll go the distance, and we'll try to get to the five thousand. He goes the distance. Now, no, that's the wrong group. That's the wrong group. Let's yeah. Nickelback. So, so, then have so, a song. so basically, but, if 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 twenty five hundred dollars isn't raised by the Thursday, and I'm planning on doing this for the week of the sixteenth through the twenty second. Okay. Okay. So you're After you're Valentine's. on the other side of Valentine's Day at this point because mm-hmm. it would really harm your marriage. Yeah, yeah. And your relationship with your mother in law if you were that. listening to Nickelback. Right. You got to date that woman. Yeah. It, 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 that's precisely my thinking, and it gives us a little bit of time to build up some excitement here. Yeah, we should get uh, some and, more. And, and we, there's a couple of little tactical things we have to figure out how we're tracking donations, but I'll, I'll, we'll Thank figure that out. I'm not well, too worried about no, it. No, you, gotta... you do a charity water campaign page. Oh, yeah. Their their website is insanely Perfect. awesome. You can start... Yep. I actually already pre-started a campaign. I, I, I'll let you do it, but it took me seconds to start a campaign. So, 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 so the, the campaign... So, but the reason that I'm doing it isn't because I don't want to finish the whole week. It's because I want to give some incentive for people to give. But here's, oh, yeah. here's what I want to do. I think... I think you are going to demolish twenty five hundred dollars in in four, in, in four days. I think you will demolish five thousand in a week. What happens if we get to ten? If we get to ten, uh-huh. then I will go. The Nickelback is coming in concert <laughs> in August, and I will go. You will go to the Nickelback concert. I will go to the Nickelback concert and live tweet it. I will. Fl- I will fly up there and go with you. Okay. Done. If, if we, we get raise ten thousand dollars, that's happening. Okay. Well, wow. that's good. If we get. No, let's just stop. Let's just stop because I feel like you're digging yourself into a nickelback hole that you cannot get out of. No, no, no. If we pass $20,000, I think there's some sort of persona you need to don or a haircut or a look. You need to legally change your middle name to Nickelback. (laughs) Okay, how about this? If we hit 20... That that can be an ancillary question of the week. If we were to hit twenty thousand, and this is something every... That's a lot of money, guys. That's something everybody in the podcast has to be on and do. Yeah. yeah, if we had twenty thousand dollars, I'm in. I'll do yeah. something. So how it's going to work, and we'll spell this out in the weeks coming. But Jesse, if you, if three hundred thousand people download the episode, twenty thousand dollars is yeah. not much money you, per capita. You do not yeah. know the. I mean, I don't think you're thinking of the scale of this. What, I, what I'm saying is twenty thousand dollars is a lot of money. I'd be thrilled if we raised that much. But we need to have something, a big blowout. Well, here's the something. deal. Here's the deal. People going, the people who are going to go onto the website, on Charity Waters' website, find the Jesse Carey Nickelback Challenge campaign yeah. page. They're not going to like whip out their debit card for a dollar donation. Oh, no. It's no. a five or 10 bucks, 25 oh, yes. buck sponsorship there. Yeah. If, if only 1% of the listeners gave $20, I mean, you're at 60 grand, bud. 
Yeah. I, hey, and and we'll know we'll know day one what if is, we need to amp up if we need to if we need to what, take things up enough. What is the number that it would take for you to legally change your middle name to Nickelback? <laughs> well, there's the legal fees. <laughs> let's say let's say legal fees are covered by I don't know by uh, us. The okay. company even, would pay for it. Okay. E- What's even, the number? E- even if even though it's providing water to countless people in need, I just don't know if I can legally change my name. Hundred thousand dollars. I'm willing to endure. No, a hundred grand. Hundred grand. A hundred grand. You'd be a legend. You would get written up in national news if you raised a hundred thousand dollars for charity and legally changed your middle name to Nickelback. Let's start with this challenge. <laughs> How about this? How about this? A tiny, a tiny Nickelback logo tattoo on your shoulder. Oh, oh you don't have any tattoos, that. right? No, and and yeah. in my first one, it's not going to be a Nickelback. <laughs> no, it's just it's like this big. Thousand dollars. But look, big. I feel like I'm carrying the weight on this one. You are now. Look, I promised an endurance challenge, not a body modification challenge. <laughs> if one of you guys want to raise hundred thousand dollars for cherry water and and t- get a Nickelback tattoo somewhere, that is an incredibly noble thing. And Eddie, I think you should absolutely do. It. <laughs> okay, no, that wasn't an okay. Like I'm agreeing. Just yeah, to be yeah, clear, yeah, 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 that's yeah, legally yeah, binding. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, on, on your ankle, I feel a little like, Nickelback in script. All right, in no. a Jesus statue, <laughs> in a Jesus fish. <laughs> oh, but Jesse, five grand, five grands. I mean, this is ridiculous. This 100, is grand, 100 grand is thirty three cents a listener. This is awesome that you're doing it, and I think awesome for uh, Nickelback and humanity and charity water. I'm excited about this. So yeah, you're and, gonna and, go and crazy. Like I said, if, if we hit a tw- if we hit twenty thousand, me and Cameron are going to a Nickelback concert and live tweeting the experience. So so yeah, just like our, our Nickelinda thing. Maybe we'll run into them at the uh, hotel oh, lobby. They give give <laughs> give each other chills. Yeah. Everybody will just have chills. <laughs> All of Nickelback. Is there, a, uh, is there is there a hashtag like like charity back or something that we could use to follow along? <laughs> maybe with maybe Je- maybe Jesse Challenge hashtag Jesse. Challenge. Jesse Challenge. A hashtag yeah. Jesse Challenge. Yeah, because we had Jesse Lives for yeah. a while. Hashtag yeah. Jesse Challenge. And now... Yeah, uh, remember, I, and for people that are like, I don't know if this is worth giving to. One, it's a great cause. One, I'm subjecting myself to to a week straight of Nickelback. Yeah. Yeah, nonstop. That's, yeah. that's pretty bold, man. So... Uh, the, the thing I think will be the challenge in this is the fact that you're starting it on the 16th. This episode comes out on the 6th. So we, so, so we need to get the campaign page up because while people are listening to it is when they're going to remember to do it. I right? mean, I, I can go back one, I can go back to the week of the 23rd through the 28th, if that's easier. No, no, no. I'm saying, get- I'm saying the gap in between us talking about it right now and them hearing it. Uh, well, no, I mean, they would probably listen on the 6th, 7th, or 8th to yeah. this, and they got to wait till the 16th. I'm just saying, we're going to have to make sure the page is up when they're hearing this. Yeah. When, yeah. By the we'll time talk the about comes it next up, week. And we'll talk about it next week. And, and, it, and that's the Friday that, that, that it starts on that Monday. Yep. There you go. So kicking off the 16th, two days after Valentine's Day. She so you have time on. to wine and dine your mother-in-law and, uh. And then Nickelback wine and dines you all week. It's gonna be great. So, so get your wallets ready, people, because we're gonna build a well here. Dust them off. We're building some wells. I believe that our listeners could hit hundred thousand. I actually, we should have something. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I actually do too. Oh, oh, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, well, let's start with one well, and then we'll move on to fifty or what, or 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 twenty, or a body tattoo. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Uh, You know, I'm not talking in hyperbole. If the podcast the podcast varies in its downloads between, let's say, 190,000 and 500,000. I mean, it's a wide range on any given week. But let's say let's cut the difference. Say 300,000 people. If 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 one. Let's say ten percent. Do church math. Let's 10% say ten percent gave. Right there, you go. Ten percent give ten bucks. Because by the time you get on the website, you're going to give ten bucks. Right. That's what's ten percent of three hundred. That's thirty thousand people. Ten bucks. That's three hundred thousand dollars. 
Do you understand how much more that is than five thousand? <laughs> Eddie, I'm not saying I don't want to raise. Jesse I'm not saying Nickelback don't, Carey. Don't give us three hundred thousand dollars. I'm just saying for this challenge, I want to. I'm I, just I, saying, Jesse Nickelback. If you cross a quarter of a million p- dollars, you need to do something at the next level I because do, they gave at the next. I level. do. Hold on. I, hold on. Let's I cross do that ag- bridge. When we get I do there. agree. If we get twenty five hundred. We're, we're going to record this. It, we'll know halfway in the week what, what it's going to be, and it's going to release that Friday. I, so if we need to up the stakes, if we're at $20,000 by the time we record the podcast during that week, we'll have a conversation about I, it. I, and I do think Jesse has a point that if we get up to 100000 I think we're all in this together. I there, agree. There's a certain point where we I, all got to— Well, here, I mean, guys, you got to realize we're going we're to post about this through social media, through Relevance channels, through Relevance platform. Last year— Charity between, Water could even pick Between the website and magazine and podcast, last year we talked to, conservatively, more than 60 million people in 2014. If if Relevance platform got behind this, Jesse, you could make a difference. Yeah, they they could make a difference. All I'm doing is listening to Nickelback. You could you could do enough <laughs> that all the wells are done, and now it's just moving on to like charity. Yeah. You could yeah. you yeah. can make charity you could mosquito put, nets. Put or Scott something. Harrison out of a job. You could put Scott Harrison like, out of work. Like Jason Russell now is unemployed. You could make Scott Harrison unemployed. Yeah, it could be just <laughs> charity. They change it to charity Scott Harrison. Like it's Once about again, keeping him going. I'm not doing anything. People are are the our listeners are the ones that are making the magic. They're the happen. real stars no, here. No, no, no. Exactly. Everybody thinks you listen to Nickelback for a week straight is doing something. We are all monstrously uh, just sad. And, for and you. people need to give because you have created a point where if we aren't, if they are not giving at a certain level, then you I'm tap done. out. You tap yeah. out midstream. Yeah. Yeah. So if they want you to have to go all the way through this and continue to watch you on social media, they do need to give. I mean, yeah. listen. Like midday Thursday, that the twenty five. So I'm giving them more than halfway through the week to get to the halfway point with money. Yeah, so. listeners, don't don't wait for somebody else to give. You take the initiative mm-hmm. to make Jesse do this. Yeah, it, just the link just sure pretend is- like there's only seven of you listening, yeah. and each of you need to step up and do this, or else Jesse won't. We want Jesse to have to do this. It's sacrificially, yeah. you know. That's what I'm Jesse's doing hey, for you. Hey, you know what? You maybe would have tithed at church that Sunday. Just give it to church. It's all yeah. nonprofit. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That's that. That's okay. church won't care. Eddie, think Eddie, about it's that. Fine, pastor. Yeah. Okay, Be it's quiet. fine. I think we're okay. I think it's fine. Leave you know? it alone, Eddie. <laughs> hey, hey, Cameron, can you tell that Pharisee in the room to <laughs> <Just> settle <laughs> down? God looks at the other heart. Churches, Eddie. <laughs> There's oh. other churches, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is exciting. We have our challenge. Hashtag Jesse challenge. Yeah, so so we, we're going to get one more week to get this really hyped up, but I wanted just to lay out the ground rules This so people know what's happening. I love it. All right, well, it's time for your feedback. Last week, uh, the guys asked you, what should the first Relevant Podcast Super Bowl commercial be? Uh, obviously, it was a big week for commercials and marketing in the U.S., and, and, and since one of our sponsors, Squarespace, has their own Super Bowl commercial, it's inevitable that one day we'll have our own commercial. We're moving towards yeah, that. Yeah, it so seems like our logical. You guys wanted to crowdsource the ideas. Mm-hmm. Everybody wrote in on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, or we're on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorite ideas. Hannah said that uh, the the uh, Relevant Super Bowl commercial would just have to have a DC Talk reunion, a cameo by Nicolas Cage, and should probably just end with hashtag blessed flashing across the screen. I think that's a great commercial. Uh, I think she's done it. Uh, the, Bridget said, uh, "Poor Nicholas Cage needs redemption. Our commercial should be: we should hire Christopher Nolan to direct a Nick Cage version 
of of him in one of Adam's Rambo scripts. I would absolutely watch that commercial. Oh and no, most no. of his commercials could be, uh, most of Adam's scripts could easily be executed within a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we just trim the fat on him. It only it's takes just Rambo it, killing people. It takes him 17 minutes to read the synopsis, but he can film it in a minute. Yeah. Um, Joel uh, Torrens actually left a long one, and I'm going to need some help with this uh, one. Joel, I, think, I think we can help you out on this one. All right, cool. Joel wrote, We hear the sounds of a rainforest as we open on a shot of the jungle floor. As we slowly pan up, a narration begins. The signs are all around us. <laughs> it's hard to believe the next age of this planet is about to begin. While so many people bliss, while, while so many people are blissfully unaware of the seismic transmission that's looming ahead, I'm John Tesh, and I'm here to tell you about the impending apocalypse. As he speaks, these words, Tesh himself walks into frame. There's a slight rustling in the foliage behind him. If this is the first you've heard of the primate uprising, <laughs> you may be asking yourself, what can I do to prevent this simian revolution? At this moment, Jungle Bird uh, runs across the screen making his infamous call and yelling, Stop deforestation! <laughs> Tess just continues to stare straight into the camera as there's another rustling behind the bushes. No, my friends. It's too late for that. <laughs> Suddenly, a pair of eyes is visible. This one's dark, too. This is like nationwide. <laughs> yeah, so like this will do really well during the Super Bowl. Yeah, Suddenly, a pair of eyes is visible in the greenery over Tesh's shoulder. There's nothing we can do. They're coming. <laughs> the wrestling grows louder as the eyes lock on Tesh. All that we can do now is that... Tesh's sentence is cut off as the wrestling reaches peak volume and the eyes suddenly dart towards Tesh, and we cut to plaque. The podcast logo fades in. And we hear Chad's voice. The Relevant Podcast. We've been trying to tell you for years, but you weren't listening. It's time to change that. <laughs> How great was that? Nationwide is on your side. And now Katy Perry. <laughs> Left Shark saves the That day. was great, Joel. Solid script, Joel. Good work, really, good work. Really, really strong. That's definitely worth four and a half million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get a copy of the first edition Iliad here on our shelf. <laughs> you should just find like an old book and put a piece of Scott Duck like nasty tape down the binding and write Iliad by Homer first edition. I got this for you for a <laughs> like duck clearly and a half. with a sharpie, <laughs> and then put a price tag on it says one dollar at a garage sale. One man's trash, he said. <laughs> Because Homer's Iliad is one man's trash. Oh man! Right, yeah, one man's trash. Well, you know, I read one of the it. first books ever written. Right, and who's at the garage sale going? Well, I read it. Well, yeah. I'm. Well, we're done. I'll just put it in the old pile. Somebody's going to need a first edition of a book. I'll that, put it in there with these old Nintendo games and some dirty socks. Yeah, and the original Constitution. Next to a lamp. <laughs> Next to a lamp that doesn't work. The whole of Benita and the Santa Maria. <laughs> the whole. <laughs> the Magna um, Carta is actually a bunch of garbage shut, rolled up yeah. in the corner. Yeah. Here's a oh. here's a skeleton from Pompeii. Yeah, listen, the Shroud of Turin. I'm thinking if you could get at least get four bucks for that. <laughs> Shroud of Turin. Dry clean all Two dollars. Uh, you can use that as a cleaning cloth, I guess. Who needs all this old <laughs> junk? 
There's your question of the week. What other gifts did he reject? <laughs> right. What did he sift through to finally get a copy of the alien? <laughs> what gifts just weren't quite right. romantic enough. Right. Not quite romantic enough. The shot of Torin doesn't really kick off the romance the way he was hoping for. Well, her mom what wouldn't a like dead that. guy. Yeah. 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 Too, too macabre. Yeah. He was thinking of J-Lo's mom because yeah. he's trying to date her, not Yeah. And, and the Magna Carta was just, it was too much about like emancipation and stuff. No, it's no, a no, little no, too no, political. No. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Iliad. That's J-Lo. That's my J-Lo. The head of Goliath. <laughs> the head of Goliath. The skull of Goliath. Yeah, with, with the rock lodged into the forehead. Just this old crown of thorns. I don't just know. What are we going to even do with this? Just this old thing. Yeah. <laughs> Excalibur? Don't know what that is. Is that Walt Disney's cryologically frozen body? Yeah. Picked it up the other day at the flea market. I bought it for like two bucks. I don't even know what to do One with it. One man's trash. <laughs> another man's frozen, cryogenically frozen <laughs> Walt Disney himself. <laughs> One man's trash. It's another man's cryogenically frozen Walt Disney himself. What do you say we grab some dinner sometimes, Teach? I'll wear my Babe Ruth jersey. <laughs> I, uh, when I was in Morocco, I got uh, Cohen. I wanted to get something that wasn't like souvenir-y, but something that was memorable and something he'd like keep. And um, and so we found ourselves in this back alley uh, with with our, our interpreter and and went up uh, to this shopkeeper and he took us upstairs in this like like steep narrow uh, stairwell. And we come into this room that's just full of like. Um, textiles and swords and stuff. Yeah, this is just like I, I picture the place in the beginning of Gremlins. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I, I actually, I, you know, and obviously there's a lot of replicas and stuff. And and so I said to him seriously, like, show me which ones are authentic Moroccan swords. You know, if you think the Berber tribe has those curved ones. Yeah, and so I ended up he he. That's what you prod the camel with. Yeah, just <laughs> he showed me. He's like these uh, would be a few hundred years old, and here and I bought Cohen a steel Berber sword, a, uh, wow. with sheath and everything. And but he showed me like he like uh, it's dulled. The blade is dulled, so he like you know he can't cut himself with it. But he could impale somebody. So my oh. son has a, an authentic. It was time. Berber sword. Yeah, I thought it was a, a so rite of a passage. Good, that's a good uh, gift for a, what eight year old? He's five. Yeah, he's I five. Yeah, I remember yeah. My, when my dad went on vacation with a famous rapper and brought me home a Berber sword. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, my parents when I was in uh, uh, kindergarten used to come home with all types of medieval weaponry. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it started. Cohen, you're a man now. Yeah, he was like time so. For you to know how to use a sword. When I showed it to him, he was like. Am I allowed to touch that? Like he seriously was like, "That's a right. That's the right gift, though." Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, it's not huge. It's like small sized. It's um, yeah. it's uh, bigger than a dagger, smaller than a sword, but it's definitely like yeah, yeah. You know, it's I'd say it's about a foot and a half long, and yeah. it's a perfect size for a five year old kid to you know defend it's a per- ourselves. Perfect with. size sword for a five year old. For a five year old to defend us with. <laughs> yeah. Just have him sleep by the front door with his sword in his hand. Yeah, we're fine. Whatever. Well, now he can join me on the front porch when we chase away the teenagers and stuff. You know, right. like he'll be just waving his sword around Those in the air. Kids, you know. I heard. I heard there were some skateboarders troubling oh, the relevant offices earlier man. this week. We have a dock in the back, uh, yeah. the back alley. We've got like this loading dock thing. 
And uh, apparently the neighborhood hooligan skateboarders Just have decided kids. it's the place to do their skateboarding's not a crime. Their man. jumps and their <laughs> kicks and their and their thrashing and their drugs. And so now everybody I have to be the bad guy. Everybody else who has the windows on that side of the building yeah. will come to me and go, hey, uh, the skateboarders are back. I'm like, why don't you just go say something to them? They're like, well, you know, you can. So I have to go back there and be like, get out of here. Liabilities. What do you think? Roll. I have nationwide insurance. You know, so <laughs> if I see one more gnarly kickflip back here, you're in a lot of trouble, bros. <laughs> you're rock and rolling. You're hippity hoppity. If I see one more person catching fresh air back here, dude, you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for. It's not tubular. Drugs. <laughs> you pull one more tubular grind, you're in a, you're gonna be in a world of hurt. <laughs> Good, <laughs> right? You only got it. <laughs> you got halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Then I'll. <laughs> Where's my sword? Um, you know what? Just give me the sword. Shut up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play Tony Hawk. I'm cool. Now get out of here. All right. So that'll do it for last week's question. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. So, you know, we're, we've laid out the Jesse challenge and we've also, you know, maybe dreamed up uh, like, what if this thing goes crazy? And, and, and clearly Jesse just listening to tunes and changing his middle name is not enough. Let's say if you guys give something enormous, like a hundred thousand dollars, what... I mean, that's a game-changing amount of money that yeah. would provide 20 wells that would change the lives of hundreds of people forever. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Help. That's real deal. So it's 5,000. It's just yeah, all I mean, crazy. Absolutely. The <laughs> whole so thing's much money. Yeah. So if you guys give $100,000, we want to know from you what should be done. Right. If we cross that threshold. Because we want to be in mind that if, if that potato salad guy can raise a quarter million or whatever he got, then surely right. this is not like an unachievable goal. Right, right, right. right. Right, that, it's 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 up there. I, I think mean, if potato salad guy has taught us anything, yeah, I, I, well, yeah, it's a, that's a tremendous amount of money, no my, matter what I, you're doing. I don't want thousand is a lot of money. I don't want to overshoot and be like, if all of a sudden if this thing hits, you know, six thousand dollars, we're gonna be like, oh, Billy, we were planning for a hundred. It's just we got. I would be, be thrilled if we had six thousand dollars. We're just saying. Hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. What what should right. be done? There've been that a f- there've been a few times in our in our past where like you know like after the Haiti earthquake, mm-hmm. our our audience was much smaller back then. But after the Haiti earthquake, we wanted to raise money to rebuild some schools and stuff. And there were three schools we identified, and we our goal was around thirty five thousand, and we were able to reach that. And and so our, our audience has given. Uh, if there's a reason to give, there's a clear call. There's a you know well, a time we all rally behind it. I think this is one of those moments. Um, and so I'm just saying, like, in our past, I've seen when it was a, a relevant initiative, we've yeah. 25 to 35, 40, that's in the range of what we've done in the past. I think the five is a great yeah, marker, yeah. and every five is going to be another community that's yep. forever affected. What if this goes crazy? But I, but I think, and I think that what we've got going on here is kind of a perfect storm trifecta, right? Because one, we've got, uh, we've got Charity Water, a great who, cause, just phenomenal. They do phenomenal work. We love Charity Water. Second, we've got our just mutual fear of having to listen to Nickelback. We can inflict this on Jesse, right? And then yeah. third, we've got Jesse, who's just one of the most you know beloved people in all of podcasting history. And he has said, for this one week and one week only, for this co- reason, if you back it, he will get on social media, which yeah, is what on the, Twitter all week. What Peter, yeah. people want, people yeah. want, yeah. Verify Jesse, and then at, and then at the end of the week, they're going to be like, oh, okay, that's why he's not on very often. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stays in his lane. Smart. <laughs> so funny. All right. So well, we want to know from you, if we crossed $100,000 donated to the Charity Water campaign page, what should be done? What should happen at that level? Um, you can tell us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You can uh, hit us up on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com as well. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to Jenny Allen for talking to us. And again, right now, exactly right now, if you're listening to this early, uh, if gathering is going on, it's probably a local chapter. You could probably stream it online. I don't know. You're probably there. I'm probably you probably see, see me in my <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire outfit in the corner. Um, <laughs> Hello. And thanks to Benjamin Booker as well for talking to us. Make sure to check out the new issue of Relevant. You can read more about him. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Squarespace.com. Uh, remember, promo code RELEVANT gets you 10% off your first purchase at Squarespace. And Harry's, which is the best shave my dad has ever had, uh, you can uh, wow. get five bucks off your first purchase there with promo code RELEVANT. Should probably workshop that. It, I, I will say this. I've, I've gotten them. I didn't get the monogram cool handles, but I got them for my dad and father-in-law, and they both rave about them. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Proved by dads. <laughs> Harry's. <laughs> Yeah, kid tested, father approved. Kid tested, father approved. <laughs> uh, remember, uh, with the video extracts now happening each week, to subscribe to our YouTube channel and go yes. to youtube.com slash relevant. And, uh, you know, selections from each episode are there in video format. It's a lot. It's so exciting. It's crazy to watch myself. What do you think? I, th- I think how it, are you doing I think it is very good I am very uncomfortable with me but that's not to be surprised why well it's because like, you're in a New England's Patriot jersey well it's just weird to see yourself and you realize I talk uh, more with my I have more expression with my voice than I do with my face you know what I mean oh. I realize I don't like uh, raise my eyebrows and stuff and you have a face for audio <laughs> I do <laughs> I do yeah I do you're, you're a professional public speaker Right. And you have a face. Well, it's just different in this medium because it's so. I we don't really have to get into all of this. <laughs> yeah. it, it will get better on my well, end. Let, you guys let, are already let's great. Re- let's really dive into your personal insecurities. <laughs> yeah. about your let's do it. Like not super secure about. <laughs> like it. like most things. <laughs> I do I, think it's very good though. I think it was amazingly well done. I I was aware I'm a sloucher and yes. I talk with my hands. Right. No, that's right. Because this posture. Yeah. Like right, it makes me just look like. Oh, big man on a table, right, yeah. or something. And then, like, but if I stand like this, I look more normal. But then that's <laughs> it's just a lot. It's a lot happening with this podcast. It's a lot in my head. I appreciate Jesse's repping the brand. On, that's what I noticed when I yeah, see the card. I went with, I went right with uh, my favorite uh, past issue. Yeah, make sure to check out the most recent issue of Relevant Magazine with Mace, Mace on the on cover. The cover. <laughs> yeah, Jesse, Jesse's going to have a bit that every week he's going to have a different cover up there. It's awesome. Yeah, I have pretty much the entire collection uh, uh, I love that here man. around. Uh, so I, it's going to be a surprise every week, which, which, which throwback you're going to get. Mace. <laughs> I, think you, I don't even have them all, dude. I mean, that's, that's impressive. I, yeah. I don't have the Mace issue. I have. Hang on one sec. Recognize this one? I, I don't have that either. It's the very, very first no. that's, that's the issue first of Relevant. One, Dude, that's wow. that is more rare than the Iliad first edition. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> give that to J-Lo when you see her. She yeah. I got it for like a dollar at a garage sale. No Weird story. De- no big deal. Poor man's trash, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it actually applies in this case. But I go to get a, get a good class now. Uh, yeah, my teacher is a real <laughs> awesome lady. Hey, you could woo your mother-in-law with that. She'll freak out. So oh, yeah. First edition of Relevant, man. It's great Valentine's Day present. Yeah, <laughs> loves it. Mom and moms loved it. Love it. It's great. <laughs> All right. Well, and I know we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffel. I'm Chad Michael Snavely. I'm Jesse Carey. 
I'm Tyler Huckabee. For Tyler Clark, the left shark. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll see you Hello next week. For Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> <laughs> it's me and the girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I love myself. The world is a ghetto with guns and dick and What you gonna do? do? Lift up your head and keep moving. Well, let the paranoia haunt you. Oh, Peace to fashion, police, I wear my heart. On my sleeve, let the runway start. You know the man's about to love company. What do you want from me and my scars? Everybody like Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check out the magazine. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Hello, I'll take one for the board next door, please.